If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Excuse my language. Oh, she would have oh, to do that right now. Recorded <laughs> live. Live. And the show's on. <laughs> Thanks, friends, for you coming. Twitch. June 24th. Okay, now we got little old ladies and maybe young people. <laughs> June 24th, 2016, and we're talking law. So, uh, uh, thanks for coming, and here we go. We're on. Um, sorry, Cheyenne. You, yeah, and Roddy, you were saying, yeah, we need we need to to find out more about uh, the techniques of how to deal with um, these issues instead of just complaining about them. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, we got to find techniques and get get uh, you know get people talking about uh, experiences that they've had. Get talking yes. with people, men and women that um, you know have had experiences and what works. That's what we want to find it's out. Baby, what it's does baby, work, what's been done? It, yeah, it's baby steps. It's part of life. You know, you, here's what you you start off doing this and doing this, and when you do this, we need the procedurally proper for each area. It's going to be pretty much uniform across the board in in steps. You may you may have to tweak tweak it a little bit, tweak it that way. But yeah, instead of complaining about the issues, send in the paperwork. Because a lot of times, like if you write somebody a letter, a notice, or paperwork, and you are of the proper status, it can change your whole world. Like if you write grandma a letter, you know, just a letter can change everything. I just started up a new room, Rodney, of just success, progress of success. And I, I don't yeah. want no chitter chatter. I don't. I don't want any of that nonsense. Hey, how you doing? Happy faces. Any of that BS. I don't want it. I also set up another one just on call information. Uh, anyone who has a good uh, site to go to, or whatever, they they can just lay it there. No conversation. No nothing. So there's the two groups I just set up this week. But um, I'm in one of the groups of Julie's, and no one's doing what she wanted you to do, and that was kind of like pissing me the hell off. Um, So that's probably one of the reasons why I end up setting up my other group. That's a good strategy. um, She ended up saying about uh, going to the court with the account receivable department, and I did. And here, oh, my God, people. I end up, um, and this is all in Pennsylvania. Uh, I still have to find Jersey. But um, here it's all in the controller, controller. So I'm guessing that's the same as in New Jersey. That would be, Tom, that would be Tom, my best guess. Tom, hold on, hold on, hold uh-huh. on. Then uh, they have the justice system which I always question about that. And that's that, uh, that let's just give it a number, 344. And then the, the old courthouse, well, let's just give that one a number, 200. And I always question about that. And when me and my friend would go up there, I'm like, what is at the old courthouse? Well, here when I called 
this week, and and I asked for this. Uh, I'm sorry, it was the finance department, which turns into the controller, uh, come controller, which also turns into common law. So I asked the guy. His name was Brian. I said, so basically, what you're doing is when you go to the justice system, that is the administrative area. Yes. So if you go to the common law, which is the old courthouse, that's where you get the common law and you'll get your remedy. He says, correct. I said, I, and I thanked him for telling me the truth. Now, uh, Rodney, you and I spoke about the, um, the assessor, assessor's office. I also worked on that this week. And here they were giving me a runaround on that. Uh, I ended up giving them another call, uh, many of calls. Here they, they originally, they were giving me the wrong name. That's why they would end up sending me back begging BS. So um, here I end up, uh, I guess, I guess you, you have to just keep calling and then uh, you get the right person who will tell you the truth. That's, that's what I'm seeing right now. So I end up getting the truth. So I end up, again, asking for the uh, assignment um, sheet. Because what they were doing was just giving me a printout of the house. And that's what that's. It's the, the assessment history, which doesn't tell you nothing. So we'll see where that goes. <clears throat> I think it's time to uh, go and meet some people in person. And I'm really going over uh, Steve's, um, his one to seven that's on a friend of mine's uh, show, uh, Bell and Rocco. Um, I'm going to, um, I, I, I'm sorry, I was listening to uh, his calls. It's, uh, it's one to seven tapes or videos. And I'm, I've taken notes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna burn these guys because this is next house they're gonna try to do the eviction on, and I can't I can't have that. So I'm done, Sonny. I'm sorry. Yeah, Steve, on that Rocky show, yeah, that's a seven seven series, isn't it? On on uh, right, YouTube. right. That's excellent. Okay. And then I'm going to have him on sometime next week. And then I'm going to hopefully have on uh, Tom Stray next week. And then Julie and I are somehow her and I are going to be on uh, next week as well. But she's people are reaching out to her that people she needs to stay away from. But hey, she'll learn, she will learn on her and. Yeah, she's just a beginner in learning, too, and trying to help others already also, isn't she? Uh, she's just come to, I've been at this game for too many years, and I know who is who. And I even t- tried to tell you many a times, stay away from this person, stay away from that person. But you, you didn't listen as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we've got to find it for ourselves. Like, yep. I find that, yeah, sometimes we've got to learn the hard way, or... Sometimes we can click with someone else that someone else can't click with. You know, it's it's strange how relationships are, right? You know, it doesn't matter if you click or not. It's it's you got to watch who the hell 
you're dealing with. My opinion only. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, Cheyenne. I mean, when I originally got back, when I got into this, and I guess it was back in 2009, I ran into all kinds of false people. Oh, yeah. And that's when my flags went up. It's like, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want the false people. I don't want the liars. Mm-hmm. The thieves. Of course not. No, of course not. No. My God, I was losing my home. I want knowledge. But anyhow, after I I lost my home, I found out um, a lot of stuff that I I mistook for the information. I don't know if that's the correct words. Um, Also, with their lies at the courthouse. Oh, hell, I'm still trying to get the uh, 16 pages. And you know, the guy Ed, I keep writing to. I don't have the 16 pages. Please send them to me. You sent me seven. Give me the rest. I'm still waiting. Yeah, but that's okay. Everything is. I get everything time stamped. And now down here, I have to wait till 5:30 to get everything time stamped uh, by this gentleman uh jim and he knows susan sees me he already gets the uh, time the uh date stamp pat out and i I actually today i end up uh doing some more mailing and i said jim i said just leave it out because a lot of times he'll just bypass me i mean he'll stamp my stuff but as i'm getting organized he'll just next next person next person so today, I'm like, he he just looked at me, gave me the uh, stamper. I said, yeah, Jim. I said, for now on, maybe that's all you need to do is just give me the stamper. I'll step aside and uh, do my own thing. But also, I'm using the form, which you have to ask for, is the form. Oh, shoot, I forgot to get more. More of these. Uh, three eight one seven. And you're on Pennsylvania, you see. So that's that's good. that's no, that's in any that's in any um, post office. It's certif certification of mailing thirty eight one seven, and that costs you half the price. It costs here a buck thirty. Now, okay. if you did the green. Or the return, it's over three bucks. Okay, I'd like to check that out here on Canada. So, it's what's that number again? Three eight one seven, I believe. Three eight one seven. Yep. Ask for the form at the post office. I'm just writing. Three, yep. Three eight one seven. Okay. And what does this form do, Cheyenne? What the the. The nice part I like is they don't know that you've done that. Like with the the uh, the uh, green and white cord or the green cord, they know that you certified it. Here, they don't know you did anything. That's oh. the best part I love about this. 
here the post you fill it out and here the the um the uh, clerk at the post office gives you a stamp type thing that you mailed it. Yeah. And it costs one thirty, again, half the price. And the other side doesn't know that you've certainly... Exactly. And that's the part I love. Oh. That, I love that part. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, so two. then they can always say, well, I never received it. Hold on. <laughs> this can't. But I also get a date stamp as well. So I do both. Now, if Jim has, or if there's a line, or if there's this one chick that is, is nasty, <clears throat> I end up changing. I always bring a folder. But what I do now is change, because when they d- date stamp, they always have a problem with, is that going out today? And I say yes. So here I end up changing up my my system. So I put in the envelope off to the side what I'm mailing, and then I put my stuff on top, the same thing that I'm bringing home. So I get Jim to do both. And then, therefore, when I'm... It's already ready for it to be in to... Am I explaining this correctly? It's already there to be into the envelope. And then my stuff is there, the same stuff. I just put it back into the folder. So if someone's watching him, like if I go later, like past 5.30, it's cool. But if I go like 5.15 and that one chick there is just, she's nasty. I mean, nasty. Um, therefore, I'm I'm covering Jim's ass, but I'm also covering my ass. Yeah. I don't know if I explained that correctly or, or not, but my coffee is always on front, and then I have the coffee that's going to be mailed out. I have the envelope. I have that. It's not stuffed in. It's like on the side of the envelope. So then all Jim has to do is stamp two of the, the thing, my copy, and then their copy that's going to be sent out. And then I just sent, and then their copy that's going to be sent out, I just put that into the envelope. And then the other copy I put in my folder. Does that make any sense? I don't think I'm saying that correctly. Well, I, I think so, Cheyenne. Yeah, um, thank you. You know, you've been talking a lot about the post office and, and how to deal with the post office, and we appreciate that very much because there's so much that we don't know, and we, we all don't know. So we all got little gold nuggets that we've experienced and learned all the way, you know, uh, through our lives and sort of things. So that's great. At least we know we can go in there and uh, guest four, thank you, guest four, put up a, a link here for the form, uh, three eight one seven, and um, some information. And, and again, you have to ask for it because the post office hides it. Okay. Yep. So you really have to ask for it. Okay. Well, thank you for that information. And then about be, get, getting things date stamped. Like this is all information that many of us have not known. So it's all well, you see, information. You see, the post office used to be the court. No, or probably still is the court. Mm-hmm. 
So that's where you want to get things date stamped. Because it used to be the court. And actually, I have a recording on that just on the post office. And now one female, uh, she was getting her docs um, um, mailed back to her from the courts. And then she learned about getting it date stamped. And after she ended up getting a date stamped, they would not reject them. So it, it is huge. But I do have a call. I would have to, hopefully I can find it. But um, it is basically how the courts, or actually you do your own history. Um, go back and see how the post office used to be your court. Or maybe still is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's obvious that there's some power there, you know, because, um, yeah, post office is government, so there's obviously some serious power there with, you know. I remember you're the carrier, so you carry that to the post office. Mm -hmm. And and then, therefore, you can also, and I haven't done this because I I just, I pay the 45 cents now. I guess it's now up to uh, 49 cents. Um, That's where you go back to the three cents, two cents stamp or actually free. I have not tried that because I need to get my stuff out. But down the road, I will try that because actually being that you are the carrier, you take it to the post office, everything's supposed to be for free. Yeah, I know. One day I'll try that. I've tried the three-cent stamp. I think I sent three letters to some uh, of our friends here in Skype groups. I've sent about three letters out. Two went out okay, and one was returned to me. But like you say, if you want something out in a hurry, you, you don't want to be trying that method. You, you know, maybe nope. you and I, Cheyenne, or a- any of us can try that method. Now, I have learned over, over time uh, by watching other people and exchanging letters with, uh, with other men and women that, of course, they'll put the uh, postal code in brackets and they'll, they'll put uh, on it on their return address without U.S. corporation you know, so everybody's got different ways of of non-domestic. Yeah. Well, yeah. you you want you want my two cents? Sure. No, sure. no, no, no. Well, that's what, what do you think it came from? <laughs> He's saying two, cent? two cents. Two cents smelling. <laughs> sure, Roddy. What's your two cents? Now he doesn't want to give it to us. No, I was talking about two cents. That's where it came from. Yes, I want it in the mail. You send it in the mail, two cents, still, still non-domestic, uh, non-domestic, or whatever. Yeah, well, right, whatever right, it's right, it's non-domestic, and that's what you have to put on, non-domestic. Anyway, we'll have to start writing letters back and forth to each other. Let's start sending some addresses out to to ones that we. Try. There's a link. Do you still have the link for that? Uh, how to send a letter? It's it gives the U.S. Postal Code or the the governing statute for that, in case there's an issue? Well, I ended up getting the code for um, for them not to uh, date stamp. And I actually, I called the main post office, uh, the main office. And this guy, Bud, kept putting me on hold 
because basically, because this one post office now that I've been dealing with, um, the postmaster, there's there's a few people there you don't want to deal with because they won't date stamp it. So the one time this this girl, she says, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. And then the guy beside her, he says, what's the problem? And then she goes back to get the postmaster. I said, great, because I, I asked her, I said, get the postmaster. So then he comes out. He says, no, 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 we won't do that. I said, great, write down your name, please. So he did. So I, came, I, I end up calling the main office. I mean, the top line office. And Bud kept putting me on hold just over stupid stuff, questions I was asking him on. And then at the end, he was end up telling me, well, just go to another post office. I said, well, you're going to pay me for my gas and time? Yeah, so, I mean, bottom line... Bottom line is he was basically telling me, well, if they don't do it, then go to another post office. I said, well, it's in your manual. Huh? Really? Yeah, well, so then he, and then he, hold on, hold on, let me finish, let me finish. Sure. So then he ended up giving me a local number to call that watches over this post office. I called them, and this was over two months ago, and I still have not received a phone call. But go ahead. I'm done. No, no. Thank you, Cheyenne, for that information. No, I was just asking, shouldn't it be the same from post office to post office? Like Yes. Yes, you look in the, 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 if you look into the main menu, the, the, their manual, it is the same throughout the states, period. Would it be the same all over the world, Cheyenne? It should be. I, I, You know what? I don't know. But it should be. Well, because, yeah, how, how does it get from, from, from here to China or Africa or Australia or Alaska? So there's I don't know. But common, right? While we're talking about this, I'll hurry up. There's another code. And I know I copied it, but my paperwork is just... Well, that's okay. No, we're just talking general here, right? So messed up. No, 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 no. Um, here, where's my folder? Oh, that's interesting information. Thank you. Hey, Cheyenne. Yes. The key thing about the 12-step program you was talking about? 12-step program? Yeah, the steps, the steps, yeah is when you get to a higher status, now you can send down your notices and they'll be they'll be all powerful. Like uh let's say you send let's say you send the letter to Granny, right? Shoot, there it is. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Are you hearing me? Yeah, I was just trying to find my folder. Your granny or whoever, you know, loves you or a little sweet pumpkin pie. You'll have a higher status over any credit card bills or anything else in the mail because you'll recognize your signature, you know. So your status will dictate, you know, what goes on. Well, after so, that, I haven't um, haven't dealt with anyone. 
because I go there late, and sometimes that really stinks. But here's... Um, Yeah. Postmark 1-1.3. So I'm going to put that into uh, the chat. And there's another one that I have to find out. I know I made a copy of it, but my paperwork is so scattered. Pathetic. But that's the one on... Uh, the post office. But again, I'm almost positive there's another one. Because that pissed me off with the postmaster. And prior to that, I end up going online and just, I spent like two days going over their manual. And then you want to you want to turn me down over a, a date stamp when you know the court the court cannot refuse the date stamp. That's another issue I I learned. They they cannot refuse that. Wherever you send that, they cannot refuse it when you get a date stamp from the post office. That's huge. But also, I again, what I said earlier, I end up doing my um, mailings a little bit different. I keep my copy up front. I put um, everything that I want to send out. I put that on the sleeve of the envelope. Don't know what is what. So then the sleeve of the envelope, I can just put it in the envelope and mail it away and the other thing, the other my copy is with me. So I change I'm changing. A lot of different things here. What works and what does not work, but also who's watching at the post office. And that's why I end up changing a lot of stuff up. I don't want to get Jim in trouble. Jim is a sweetheart. Uh I had a guy, Lenny in Pennsylvania, he had not a problem, but there was, it just seems like there is just certain females. Is that going out today? That's the only way we can date stamp it. Date stamp it. So that's why I end up changing um, how I do it. If that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah it does. Cause... <clears throat> I'm just gonna... rambling off or well, that, that makes sense, Cheyenne, because they're not going to stamp it that you brought it in at this specific time. Well, that's what they should do. They should stamp it that you brought it in at this specific time. Now, when they get it out is is not your prop. You... No, no. What they're trying... Go ahead, Cheyenne. I think we just lost Cheyenne. Okay, we did. Uh, she's not on the board. Oh, she? no. Luminati we... got here. Pardon me, go ahead, Roddy. I've been silly. I said they got to her. They cut her phone line. <laughs> Maybe they did. Roddy, uh, there's a question on the chat board. I know you're not on computer. So there is a question um, here What's by question? Idiote. Uh-huh. So Idiote is talking about the um, main post offices in the town. They're not, but 
what he's he's asking here. Universal Postal International. How do you get there, Rod? How you establish with with a question mark? How do you establish status with a question mark? How do you get there, Rod? How do you establish status? Idiote is asking these questions. Well, there's a parallel system. You got a postal service, and you got a United States post office. You got you've got a corporate system and a and a private system going at the same time. But however, the persons can go in. It's all a matter of how you approach it. If 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 you don't have a certain status, or your paperwork won't do the work for you then it's all how you approach it. When you show up to something, what would you like? And if you say, I want to just do a mail, whatever, it goes to the default system that they they use on a continual basis, the system that has, you know, just the corporate system, if you will, unless you approach it properly. You've got to be the director of how you want it to go. And if you know your stuff, you'll, you'll be able to access that system. It's a dual system, same spot. Makes sense. Makes sense. So you got to kind of direct what you want to be done. Yeah, because look at look at everything in life as man's duality or a woman's duality. You got a left brain and a right brain. Someone can approach you, depending on the status, and you're always going to behave a certain way. You know, you could be the a hole, or someone comes to you like a, your daughter, or whatever, and they approach you as their, you know, your daughter. How you how they approach you is how you respond. The, the the status that you offer, you know, like to your family, you're one thing, but to everybody else, you're that default character. Somebody's breathing very heavy. Um, it's probably me. <laughs> okay, no, I don't know. I think they're breathing heavy while you're talking, so I don't think it's you, Roddy. But anyway, friends, if you could just kind of keep it down in the background, just just a little bit. Um, somebody's breathing right into the mic. Anyway, that's okay. You know. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> and I don't have a clue where no, I left it was, off. It was Cheyenne breathing heavy. No, sorry, I I was on me. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. Um, while you were gone, Cheyenne, uh, I was just talking with Roddy about a question. Um, a guest had a question, and uh, it was about you know how do you. Let's see if we can find the question here. Follow the chat board. Um, I'm not very quick here on the chat board or the the, the typewriter because um, my eyes are. I need new glasses. Anyway, Idiote was asking a question. Let me find it here. Um, talking about the post office and uh, the postal, Cheyenne. You know. Um, how, you know how to establish your status. Okay, so that's what Roddy was talking about was how to establish your status as a man. Basically, by like giving them orders and, and um, you know expecting them to 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 perform and, and do what they're supposed to be doing. Basically, when you go into okay, that has nothing to do with the uh, post office, in my opinion only. Okay. But um, what I learned today or this past week. Um, his yeah. When you go in to um, inquire about the uh, uh, the receiverment department, that's when you you actually it's, it's everything has to do. 
you know what? I'm not, that's all I'm going to say. Because people really need to, they really need to do their own research. They, they want to grab information and then they misuse it. Yeah, well, like Ronnie, like Ronnie K. He's always, always, always misusing. <laughs> well, I had to give him a good laugh. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know that, you know. Like we're all here to gather information. <laughs> where are we going to get the information? Where, What's that? Where? Are we? <laughs> See, there he goes. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be over. I'll be over in an hour. You got truck parking there, Cheyenne? <laughs> Where else are we going to get the information except from us, right? Friends, you know, this is where we're yeah, going to get... No, I'm sorry, Sonia. Uh, they need to do their own research because if they, if they don't know it, like the back of their hand, then they're going to end up screwing up. Yeah, but why are we here? To share information. Exactly. We will give bits and pieces no, and then let the people, hold on, let the people study and learn. No, we give give everything that we've got and, and the people are still going to study and learn. If I've got, Oh, I disagree. If I've got a, uh, you know, there might be some things that you wouldn't want to share with someone when they're in their, their milking stage, but still, on these... Topics, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Milking stage? Yeah, nursing stage. No, nursing stage. Here I thought you were talking about Ronnie, milking stage. No, but I mean, here I, I think we, we need to give everything out and, and everybody sorts at their own level. You know, like there's lots I can't take in, so I definitely can't sort it. because I, I told you. I'd be over in an hour. I still need nursing, Mama. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who's that? That's Aquila laughing in the back. You know what, Rodney? There is there is a thing going on. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Sonia. This no, is go, way off track. Go play. But there is there is a um. No, you're going to be pissed when I mention this. We just watch our language in case we have young people or older people. You know, we just want to. You know, these correct. Those correct. Are on. Correct. I do watch that. Correct. Yeah, let's just be careful here. What we're. But there was a um on YouTube and there was a um, uh, you know what I'm not going to mention it forget it I got something I want to throw out it's very uh, very clean yeah these shows are live remember I thought about it earlier and it's clean it's clean okay but I was thinking about Aquila. She's always lusting after Carl, right? Always talking about Carl wants Carl. She, Carl is Aquila's king, in my opinion. So I was just thinking, here comes a clean version. She wants his majesty to come over and direct her majesty. That's all I got to say. Well, that sure gives people something to think about. Thanks for that, Rod. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, now, can we uh, move on and... <laughs> okay, that just put a, a spike into everything, Roddy. Thank you. 
So, anybody got anything, um, you know, on their plate that they're dealing with or anything, uh, any experiences that they... I just placed one on. No, I haven't, haven't noticed. I just left the Place one, 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 one. Morse code, uh, one, one, one. I've been trying to get him to tell his story about China and the mail-in system or postal service. How he did it before he even knew what he was doing, I guess. He he did it correctly and finally got his stuff there quicker than the regular mail. Oh, did he? Oh, okay, well, that, that'd be interesting. I'd love to hear how he's done that. And, and yeah, I, I think uh, with, with friends, you know, ones that we are... You know, there's so many friends that are close to each other. I think we should start exchanging mailing addresses and just sending little letters, you know, since the, the world is trying taking writing out of the schools. You know, I think maybe we should spend a little more time writing. I know I, I would like to. I, I like to write. I'm not the best writer, but um, I think we should uh, maybe just drop a little paragraph back and forth to each other like I could, I've sent... You stuff Roddy, and you know I could say, "Oh, hi Roddy, how are you? Your wife doing, and your baby, and and hope you got received this letter, and just something short and sweet, and see, try the three cent stamp again, and um, you know, but I know you got to put the, the these letters out into the the box, you know, because if you hand it to them right there, the the postmaster is going to say, "Nope, can't take it." But I've put them in the box outside or put in a different box. And like I said, two out of three uh, went where they were supposed to go. But uh, one came back to me. But, yeah, we should try try some things. I think I'll, I've, I've got a bunch of three-cent stamps. Um, when I went to the post office and asked them, could I have 23-cent stamps, she thought I meant 23 cents. I said, no, I want 23-cent Stamps. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I confused her, you know, because she thought I wanted 10 or 20 or whatever it was, 23 cents. So I got a bunch of three-cent stamps i got to use up. Yeah, that's a good learning lesson, too, because you know you're human. and You're going to get tongue-twisted and things, so it's good to sound it out. Yeah. So, uh, like, if it ever happens again, you can say, I want a three-cent stamp 20 times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's all how you address it and approach, you know, like I mentioned earlier, if you want. They always going to go back to the corporate default system if you're not clear on what you want, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when you go place an order at somewhere and you tell them exactly what you want, they they go by the default, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. and sometimes you can tell them exactly what you want, and there is no system for it, and they'll still give you hard time more because they don't understand they're they're used to their default system so much you got to be pretty pretty specific yeah 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 because they they don't make 23 cent stamps so that's oh yeah that's that's what confused them they thought i wanted 23 cents stamps. someone recently accused me of being an antagonist a-hole which there's some truth to that but a lot of times when you're when you know what you want you considered arrogant and an a-hole, but yeah. for years, for years, I went to like fast food restaurants or somewhere where I was placing an order, <clears throat> and of course they got their menus with the price on it, right? And I would say, okay, I'll take that number so and so, 
for that amount right there that's on the picture. I agree. Contract is good. I'm, you know, thinking to myself, that's, it's all good, right? Yeah. Well, then they come back with the questions. Would you like this and like this and like this? And I'd say, yeah, for that price on there, I'll take every bit of it. Appreciate it. No, it's extra. Well, well that's why we're sticking to the menu. you got to go by what the record shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, don't don't offer me a bunch of crap. I, I agree to number one for four ninety nine. But some people do this and some people do that. For four ninety nine, I'll take it, and it confuses them. And I, I love just being a turd like that. <laughs> I'm just going by what the record says. If you want to vary off from the record for four ninety nine, hey, more power to you. Yeah, I hear I'm you. Going, I, I'll I'll give you four ninety nine if you want to supersize it. Come on with it. And they're like, whoa, whoa checkmate. we, we got to check ourselves right quick. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, because it says four ninety nine, not $5. Exactly. That was a long version of that, Janine, of explaining how people uh, don't approach things the right way or they always go back to the... Uh, default system they're used to but yeah if someone hands you a piece of paper and it's clear what the agreement is or the contract is and they go into that well you can have an apple pie with that and all this stuff like this and it's like for 4.99 is that what's in the contract yeah let's go oh no it's extra well then that's a that's a fraud you're committing fraud then in my opinion yeah well i had a um quite an interesting conversation yesterday my phone provider and internet provider rang up and um, the woman got on the call and she said, look, we're, we're renewing your contract. You know, um, your internet and phone is actually going to be $20 cheaper and your mobile phone is, you know, going to stay the same, but we're going to give you more. And I said, oh, that sounds good, isn't it? She said, yes, because your contract actually finished. You know, your, your mobile phone finished two weeks ago and um, your your phone and internet finishes yesterday. That was Friday. That was Thursday. It was supposed to finish, and she rang me yesterday. I said, oh, really? I said, I thought you guys were supposed to, you know, give, um, you know, give someone notice when their contract is <laughs> going to finish or something like that. And I said, and even if you don't, I said, to ring somebody up and say the contract is over, you better sign this and get a new one or, um, you know, or things are going to happen. And if I do agree to it, suddenly, that if I want to look at something and change it, I said, you're going to charge me like $100 for 24 months because I break it. I said, you can't do that. I said, you know, and she was talking, and she was talking with me and she goes, oh, oh, no, oh, no. I said, you can't do that. I said, you are threatening somebody. I said, you just can't ring up somebody and said, your contract is finished unless you agree to this contract. You know, there's going to be penalties applied. I said, and even in a contract, I said, every contract has a 14-day cooling off period. And she said, no, no, not in this instance because it's a continued contract. I said, no, it's not. I said, this is a totally new contract you want me to sign. A quick interjection? uh, what? To, con- to confirm what you said, it's still it's was still I that wrong? way. Was I still, wrong? Sorry, the 14 <laughs> days is still on the record here at, with Sprint in, in America. They'll give you 14 days to bring it back. 
right okay so that's still a law you know and and everything like that I said you can't do that love I said that's that's I said you're threatening and committing fraud you know and intimidating people and you know within a few she went hang on I just want to check your records and she went away and she said oh look I'm sorry she said your phone line and your internet doesn't finish until the 23rd of July she said and your mobile phone doesn't come up for renewal until the 3rd of September I went so we've you want me to you know, and I said, well, I still got time to look into a contract to see if this is a good contract. I mean, I'm happy with the people. I'm happy with the service. But, you know, there's no need for her to lie like that. Oh, you were sharp, Janine. I like that. The The key thing is when they talk about, have you, you remember the stories, if you know when a fraud is being committed, uh, the, the what is it called? The, uh, the time lapse, the... Uh, Statute of limitations. It starts when you recognize it, not when it, when they they say it is. Like it within 14 days, if you can find a record too, if it's on recording. If you report that, like 13 hours, 13 days and 23 hours and 59 minutes, if it's re- recorded and reported before the 14 day period, then you're covered. So they can't say, well, it's 30 days after the fact, you know. It's whenever it was reported as matters. Yeah, but the funny thing, Roddy, I'm not used to saying things like that. It just, I mean, all of a sudden it just clicked in and I just started saying things like that. And I thought, oh, my God, I wouldn't have had that information had I not been sitting down and listening to these phone calls. I got a question. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm I'm very... It just all comes together, right? At the right time. Janine, did that phone rep yep. uh, pers- person uh, change their uh, whole uh, approach after that? Uh, well, no, she was always very pleasant. No, she was always, always very pleasant, you know. Um, but I believe she, she did lie, saying that the contract had already finished. And I, ne- I said, you just can't hit somebody with a contract right there, right on the spot. I said that you, that's that's just not fair. Saying that the contract is finished and you've got to, you know, I got to agree to it right now. You know, so um, I said no. I just want to look over some stuff and check things out. And um, I said I'll get back to you. She said, Oh, I can ring you on Monday if you like. I said, Yeah, sure, no worries. So, <laughs> so oh. I'll, have a, I'll have a look at some stuff. I've still I've still got time. You know, I mean, they don't run out until the twenty third of July. That's for my home phone and internet, and then my my mobile phone doesn't run out until September. So, being courteous, especially when you know what you're talking about sometimes you can talk about something you don't know what you're talking about but you really do because it's just there you know it's instinct uh being courteous yeah. changes changes everything i had a similar experience i actually called them up and said hey look i, I am just running over my phone minutes because used to i could stay 400 minutes or less you know anytime minutes all that good stuff and and the guy he off he got me a contract approved through his manager that was not on the record anymore. It, it, their 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 offer had expired, and he gave it to me. Unlimited call time. That that's Cause, good. Cause it was grandfathered in per se because I'd always been there. You know, I've been a loyal customer, if you will. And I just figured, hell, yeah. you have you're entitled to it. So 
trap. Yeah, well, she was, you know, she said, oh, I'll give you I'll give you a month, you know, free. And that'll, you know, and I thought, well, that'll be nice. And I'm just sitting here thinking now, well, if the contract doesn't come up until the end of next month anyway, that's that 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 free month isn't really free because the contract doesn't finish until next month. So I just thought about that then. But no, it was, you know, I was very courteous and she was very courteous. And I just said, look, you just can't do that, love. You know, you, you, that, that's, that's, I said, if I had been recording this call, and who's to say I haven't been recording it, you know, you could be in a lot of trouble over this. <laughs> so. Do you have issues like I used to have getting actually to uh, one of their stores? Because when you go to the store, it's a whole lot. It's an even playing field because they'll record everything on paper and give you, you know, the 14-day limit and all that stuff is right there on the paperwork. That's always good to have. Yeah, um, the the service provider I'm with, Roddy, they don't have um, they don't have any stores here in where I live. Yeah, they sometimes even provide an email service as well. Any any agreement you make, they'll email it to you. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm just going to have a look look over, you know, just I'm just going to have a look over. They're a good provider. I'm happy with them. Um, you know, as I said there's no need for her to lie about it, you know. They stay honorable and things like that. Yeah. You still receive a bill like in the mail? Um, they just um they just what they do is um they just send me an email. Of, of the account. Oh, okay. Yeah, when you yeah. go to the store, you don't have the uh, luxury like I do to do that. Luckily, they're everywhere now. But if you go into a store, you could probably request that. Uh, any information done or anything you agree to be emailed to you, you know, so you'll have a record. Yeah, yeah. But on a different track, um, you know, I received a letter from... Um, you know, somebody working in a government department um, saying I had to vaccinate the children. Um, so I just sent them a very, very simple letter saying, who are you? You know, um, and they've sent back another thing. They have not signed. They have not um, man-signed the letter. They just sign it in all capital letters and it's all typed up and written and it's just a type name so I don't even know who this person is um, not only that it does it does go against the Australian Constitution that they have to abide by anyway so I'm just I'm just figuring out how to write how to keep it very very short and just write another letter back to them somebody said go and listen to Julie Julie's call Something like, hi, thank you, Bob. Uh, you, thank you for your order. You're assuming full liability. Sign right mm -hmm. here. You know, something like that. Hang on, I've got a visitor. Yeah, no, I just wanted to know who this man was, you know. Um, 
can always say, you know, there's no signature by the hand of man. I, I, I just, I'm just thinking of different ways to approach it. I don't want to offend anybody, but I still, you know, want to know that of my rights as well. Yeah, to assume liability, you want to pawn it off on them. If they're giving the order, you want them to sign for it and all that good stuff, like if any damages occur. Yeah, well, they don't They don't order anything. They always say um, it is required by government or it is, it is a requirement that you have to do this. <laughs> so... Janine, on this subject, um, I have a Natural Cures and Preventative for Disease page on on Facebook that I've been doing for a few years, and I'm just looking for this specific form now. That there's a form that I have here that uh, if your doctor insists that vaccines or anyone else insists that vaccines are safe, have them sign this form. And this is a form that you could probably send back to these people and have them sign this form. If they insist that these vaccines are safe, then then you will you will obligate you know your own your own flesh and blood, your own children to have these forms. And they're pretty intense. Um, they've got everything in it. I mean, I couldn't believe the stuff that was on this form as far as what's in the vaccines. Can you say um, that, you know, there's no mercury, there's no this, or there's whatever? But anyway, I'll send you that on Facebook, and I'm doing that right as we speak here. I have the form here, and no doctor or no man or woman in their right mind would sign this form and and say to you, yeah, they're safe. So um, I'm sharing it here now, um, Janine, and I just want to make sure I get everything right here. Uh, Just one moment. I don't want to take up too much of your time, people. Janine Bates. Okay, I'm just sending it right now. And you can take a look at this form and share it with your friends and, and see what you think. Comment. Go ahead, Ron. There are uh, licensed practitioners out there that I'm sure have uh, the the vaccines without all the uh, adjuvants, they call them. Not likely. Can you tell me one? Can you tell me a vaccine that's not harmful to man? I haven't had to look, but a vaccine, historically, they had their place back in the day until they started adding a lot of crap to them. But it's really to protect the locals from foreigners, you know, the outside carriers coming in from overseas. Well, I'd like to know of a safe vaccine. If you find one, you can let me know, and then I'll put it into my group here for natural care and preventative for disease. That's a a tough word there, strong word for me. I look at it as risk management more than a safe, you know, sometimes things aren't safe, but it's risk management. I uh, I consulted with uh, my local uh, physician because I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-poison, anti-additives, if you will. And he, I was asking him, and he said, I would not give your your child anything I wouldn't do myself or to my own kids. Plus, this this state does not – they took out the uh, 
the things that are linked to all that reaction uh, years ago here that were pretty much the problem, the adjuvants, the squalene, whatever. So, so as far as risk management goes, we have here the safest ones, if you will. Ronnie, the man that you just mentioned, uh, I also seen that. Uh, what state was he in, on? Oklahoma. Okay. And it's all about the approach. Remember, like I said, the default. They always go to the default or the ones they're used to using. But sometimes if you approach them and say, hey, I'm not anti-vaccine, but I, I would like this particular one, one without all the uh, side effects and all that good stuff, that they might, they, they probably have it, a vial of it somewhere. They just always go to the one that's uh, sometimes cheaper or standard use, you know. Because in a in a physician's mind or the system, the corporate system's mind, if they give you administer a vaccine or anything, and you don't have a reaction or die right on the spot, like within two seconds, then it's pretty safe for them. And that's a piss poor standard, if you ask me. That's pretty scary. That's pretty scary, Roddy. <laughs> if it doesn't kill you right away, then it might be safe. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how they look at it. It's all about the risk management, cost-effective and all that stuff. Yeah, well, what about going out and getting a mushroom off of a birch tree or something, something that might be healthy for you and drink a specific tea, you know, from the earth? You know, that's what we need to be studying. <laughs> Some techniques I've heard for Janine as well is if someone's telling you you must do or it's required, you could say thank you for your legal advice or thank you for your medical advice, uh, your expert opinion. Can I see your license, please? Yeah, there we go. That's some good points. Yeah. Are you giving medical advice without a license? That's a big no-no. But didn't they also do something in on your state? And I'm trying to think what it was. I don't, I don't. Are I don't you know thinking about the civil civil asset forfeiture? The state troopers having scanners that can take your money, that conspiracy yes. theory? Yes. It's not true. It was what it is. If someone is involved in a crime, they, they can merely seize the money that was gathered from that crime. And they, they're pretty thorough here. The state troopers are good. They have a few rogue ones, of course, like everybody else. But uh, it's just—it's a good system to protect the people's wealth. If somebody steals money and you know they're a criminal or a suspect, you can seize it, and of course they'll have to process, you know, and give it back to you if if everything's clear. But these guys don't respond unless they are almost 100% certain that you have stolen goods through crimes and all that good stuff. That's uh, Alex Jones. You know, a lot of people get little snippets of a law, you know, and they get they get antsy and scared and think, oh, my God, they're coming after us. It's the government, and they're seizing your money on the roadside. No, it's, it's just not happening.
it, it, it's a nanny state kind of system. It's it, it's really good. That like if you got a bunch of children out there and they bring home something you know is not theirs, you know, you'll detain it until you know find out whose it is. That's just the system, you know. It works pretty good because that's what I would want, you know. If someone's got my property out there, I got a system set up for someone to uh, identify it or investigate it and detain it. And if it's mine, then I'll get it and they'll go to jail. Next caller, please. You're live on the air. Yeah, we're all just meditating, still thinking, Roddy, about what, what's been spoken. Well, um, you know what I found out, just quite interesting. I, I actually etymized the word children, and in the word, um, it says it's plural for child. And then if you go to the word child, it's Old English, as in C-I-L-D, and it actually means fetus, infant, unborn, or newly born person. So, and even it says, you, you know, some, uh, it means, you know, someone before the age of, um, the age of, what is it, puberty. A young Three. person. It says the wider sense is um, a young person before the onset of puberty. That goes back into the U.S. code, IRS code, and most people here know about that, I hope. Sorry, what was that? Can you repeat that, please, Cheyenne? So it goes back, that goes back to the IRS code, and most people know about that code, I'm hoping here on this call. Yes. But yes, they end up doing the infant BS. Uh, uh, Ronnie, do you have the call or the uh, code? What, for the child? For the infant. Uh, I guess it's Title mm. 26. No, I'm not familiar with that particular. Uh, you have to give me more details. Okay. Oh, it's title. It's one title twenty six. Are you talking about the definition of persons? A person or infant, what Janine was talking about, but it goes back to IRS. Oh yeah. And most of us already know this, but I have to keep my mouth shut because we have so many newbies on this call. No, we don't. Are you talking about dependents? No, it's it's. Oh God, don't have to pull. I'm cooking right now, so it's Title Twenty Six. <clears throat> All I, I know is Ronnie. I I don't know. It's it's title. It's in the code of tw- Title Twenty Six. And it shows how they have us as infants. 
Yeah, immature states. Yeah. Right. The ward of the court, etc. Well, when you're when you're born, the uh, the federal jurisdiction or the person, if you will, the corporate entity that's born, they'll give it a corporate entity. Correct. Name and assign a social security number to that corporate entity. It's uh, to keep track of any federal activity that's going on in the name of that corporate entity. It Correct. It doesn't have to. It's, it doesn't have to correct. be your name. It's not your name per se, but if you constantly use that name that has a social security number attached to it, then yep. you're considered automatically a uh, administrable person, a mature state. Well, if you, even if you look on the back of your birth certificate, it says an informant. It says your mother's name and father's name, which I really didn't want to get into this area. Um, I just wanted to find the code. I'm sorry, I'm cooking. No, I'm not. Diane, um, I it was my first time in knowing. You know, I just etymologized it online, and I didn't realize that that's what it meant. Um, you know, that it, it, a child or children actually apply to babies or even up to, you know, the time of puberty. And I was just saying that it's good to know that stuff because I wasn't aware of it before and I was just sharing, that's all. So, I understand, Janine, and I'm not cutting <clears throat> you down. I'm just Janine. saying there's a lot of people that are here, newbies. Janine just mentioned something that uh, we mentioned on another call. The the age of immaturity doesn't end when you hit a certain age, really. Because if you'll notice, Carl well, said 18. that. Well, it's 18. It can be, but your maturity level depends on your status. And if you'll notice, Carl's stepfather has a guardian ad litem assigned to him because he's still considered by the system immature. Oh, he's going to have a courthouse. Or, I'm sorry, Tim, he's going to have a courthouse. He's got his his case is uh, coming up within weeks. You can legally mature at eighteen, yes, but most people don't ever right. get out of that system. Correct. Then. But yeah, Janine brought up. I'm glad she brought that up because we we do have a lot of newbies, but the information we share can inspire. And recall to a memory the stuff we covered that will uh, it be very informative to the newbies. Oh, Janine, she knows I bust her balls. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Cat fighting all the time. That's Cheyenne. <laughs> she has Cheyenne's got a wicked sense of humor. I'm only starting to get used to it now. She's a I wicked like the, woman. I like the way Cheyenne says on. And Janine, when she says, yeah, it just makes me melt. <laughs> I'm actually cooking. No, when you say hold on, Cheyenne, hold on, it's kind of unique. I, I like it. Well, what Janine was mentioning... Never mind. Oh, never mind. I'll go back no, to I, I, I think if if I can recall the memory, there was a theory about some of the uh, baby haters here in in America 
they were wanting the right to abort or terminate a fetus up to the age of three. Could you believe that? Three years old. Still considered still considered abortable at age three. They want that. Oh, do you see how bad they're raping these other children? And that that's going on in the news right now. <clears throat> Yahoo News. Sorry, I don't have TV. But um, they're raping these kids and killing these kids. I, 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 some news. I, I got some good news for you. If if Father is doing what I think he's doing, you're going to see more exposing, like, I don't know your political views, but I think Donald Trump was sent. The people have sent him, or God has sent him to correct some things, you know, get the house in order. And you notice the U.K. is pulling out of the E.U. The people are like, make the U.K. great again kind of deal. People have had enough. They're waking up that we're being destroyed. We're destroying ourselves. And you're going to see more, I believe you're going to see more people exposed for the child molesters and, and frauds that they are. And it will not stop there with the state. It's going to go to the church people, too, on television. You're going to see a lot of these ministers on TV be exposed for the child molesters they really are. Well, Ronnie, it doesn't have to do with child support or child. It also has to do with animal. I mean, these these people are sick. They're sick. Yeah, you can tell a lot about a state or the state of a country by how they treat their uh, immature uh, offspring or their, you call them children or their animals, you know. I thought China was rich. China is actually, I've heard people talk about China is actually more freedom than uh, here in most countries. I wish Face One 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 was on because he could tell you a lot. The order of things over there and how sometimes you're not you're not considered mature. You're still under your parents' jurisdiction, and it's a great system, you know. You get the protection of your father and mother. Apparently not. Yeah, it's all it's all about jurisdiction, the status, who who's uh, liable for you, you know. Okay, let. Sonia is bitching me out right now. Let's go back to common law. Yeah, they have something in mind, Shane. Sonia, are you bitching her out? No. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know. I don't think Sonia's ever really yeah, well, did that. The, the common law is, um, you know, it's the, like government. Government people, they have to abide by the Constitution. Isn't that correct? Yeah. No. Yeah, they have to abide by the corporate charter. They're supposed to, yes, correct. And you know what, Rodney? How do you pull the the, uh, charter? It's all about the status. If you can show that they're violating, they're harming somebody. The, the right. ones that, it's a creature. It's a creature of the how, state, right? Exactly. How do you pull yeah. the charter? You got to go to the, their boss. Well, no, it seems that no, no. Okay. How do you pull? How, how, Cheyenne? 
How do you pull their charter? You can't really do it. You can merely make a proper claim, and the ones that can pull their charter or say get the hell out, uh, they'll do it for you. Okay, Jean, you have the floor. No, well, under under the Australian Constitution, I think it's, I just read it now, I think it's 117 or 118. Um, it, the Australian Constitution says they cannot, the government cannot interfere with anybody's religious rights. Okay? Um, and vaccinations that were under, you know, religious exemption, they said, well, that doesn't apply anymore. We're taking it out. Um, and they just changed the contract. Uh, there wasn't now anything that changes anything in the referendum in the um, in the Australian Constitution must by law um, have a referendum of the people so the people can have the say but that has not been done Janine could I uh, uh, express my opinion in this matter sort of thing like I would probably study the Bible a little bit more too I know there's scriptures in the Bible uh, several of them that talks about tattooing your body that it's 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 wrong to you you know to be scarring or tattooing your body or to be putting anything into your body that you believe is harmful um, so I would probably after all this I would probably go to the scriptures and you know even though they say religious whatever is is not uh, as far as they're concerned it's not uh, suitable to them that's what i would use because i believe that's where the strongest power is 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 um uh, god's view on on how we take care of our body so if the bible says that even tattooing our body is 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 not a good thing you know uh then why why on earth would 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 a man or woman allow someone else to put a, a product into our body that we believe may be harmful? And here we go again. Okay, what we've been studying here, you know, um, on and off down the line is our status. You know, the, the problem is with the birth certificate and social insurance and everything, we're, we've got a status where we're connected, you know, with the government and, uh, you know, where some of us are believing that, you know, we got to unhook with the government to a specific degree or at least unhook with them as far as jurisdiction, letting them know where we stand, you know, that, um, okay, yeah, we, we, we can go up and down the ladder. If we want to have social insurance, if we want to have a driver's license, if we want to get a job, you know, we can use these government benefits. But in the meantime, we should not be forced to do anything that's against our will, especially when it comes to harm of our body. You know, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of things that I would do. You know, I didn't know about this kind of stuff back when I raised my four four babies. But if I had known what I know now, of course, things would be different. But, uh, yeah, no, I'd be fighting it, it in, and I'd be digging up every scripture out of the Bible about tattooing your body and putting anything into your holy temple that is not healthy. 
Yeah, I'd be fighting that right down the line. I will not have a, a needle from a doctor now. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can understand I can understand that, Sonia. I could you know, and all that might be good to bring before a court of law, but the thing is, isn't it all about fixing it up in private, getting it settled in the private beforehand to avoid, you know, to avoid court. Well, that's exactly. You know, bringing 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 the man out of behind of that position, you know. So th- this is. This is where I'm trying to uh, think of at the moment because that's going too far for me. And yeah, see, my mind can race there, and then I see, and then I cannot see what I'm supposed to be doing now. Um, so, and Mike, you know, I listened to Mike on Sonia's call yesterday, you know, and he got on and he said, "Oh, how can I tell about all this? And how can I, how can I know if the Pope's doing this? And how can I know if the Pope's doing that? Look." Just focus on this, and I that was that was like an enlightenment period for me. I went, wow! I've just shot everything we, out of a We know you meant. We know you meant Angela's yeah. call. <laughs> Angela's call. Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but Mike's on. I can see he's on. But that was um, enlightening for me and very, very refreshing because it all started. You know, I think of too many things, and it all my mind gets bogged down and I can't see the simple thing for all the crap, the other crap that's in it. So um, that was a great, um, uh, that was like, wow, just just say all I need is to focus just on this one letter. That's all, just this one letter and, and you know, the right words for this man yeah. at this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. I'll go back. So I'll go back and listen. I was listening to a great call of Carl's. I fell asleep the other night because it was like four hours long. Um, but I'll go back and listen to it, you know, and also grab some stuff off the internet. Mm-hmm. So, well, check uh, out that link that I sent you um, that, uh, you know, basically can be given to a doctor. But if somebody's trying to force you to, you know, or you know, force you basically to have vaccines for your children. Check out this form, and maybe there's bits and pieces of it that you could send to them. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's any help, Janine, or not, but it is something very powerful that can be used somewhere. Oh, ab- no, ab- absolutely. You know, um, my my next thing is, you know, getting getting a couple of um well Bart Simpson in Australia has been is classified as a person so he's a cartoon fictionist character mm-hmm. so I said on um I think I said it last week and Colin was talking I said well if that's the case I can just get a pillow and take it over and write my kid's name on each pillow and go there inject or they they are they are their person so inject them with whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't. I can't calm. I don't know if I'm able to calm you calm you down. We've had a lot of radio shows and hype over the past many years. Back in the day, if you can say for even from the Native American experience, you know, people come bringing their blankets over here and causing outbreaks. Vaccinations were once a trusted uh, science. And they had their benefit. They really did to protect you from the cooties, from the foreigners, and whatever. 
if you're going to a foreign land, you know you want to not be harmed by what they're accustomed to, their common law germs, if you will. Absolutely. So they, they, they do have their place back in the day, but they've gotten out of hand where the creatures that create them are, are just doing anything they can to get most profit without the less, without the quality. Yes, well, I do know um, the the Prime Minister Turnbull. His wife is um, his wife has a lot to gain with mandatory vaccines, apparently, because they've they've got this company that does vaccines or something. But that was for cancer. That was, to my knowledge, because I looked I looked it up, and it wasn't. It had nothing to do with vaccinations for children it had something to do with um, vaccinations for cancer or something but yeah but I'm see, this is the this is the steps first they you know they boarded in with no jab no job so if you didn't if you didn't get a, um, a vaccination um, it, you know in certain parts in certain areas like at Meatworks if you didn't get a vaccination for that you couldn't work in that area I'm going to call it common law cooties. Common law cooties, like it, it, it does have its place, uh, Janine and others, <clears throat> back in the day, of course. But uh, yeah, if you're, if, today. If, you're, if you're coming into my common area, we got the common germs, you know, the, your culture. You're used to it. You're kind of immune to it. But to protect others, you want them vaccinated because they will be affected by your common, you know, culture. And if you go into their land, of course, you're going to... I mean, I, I think it's a proven science. We just It's a common custom, you know? We just know that... Hang on. When we go, Hang when on, we go into, Yeah. Hang on. I've got to ask you something. If everybody's protected and everybody's got vaccines and I'm not protected and I go into an area where, say, the mumps is prevalent and I'm not protected... I can't give it to all those people that are protected because they're vaccinated against it, aren't they? Yeah, but here's where here's where the uh, liability comes in. Is if you're in their jurisdiction, it's a custom that they have. They have the responsibility of protecting you as well. Just like if you like if you go into any company that does hazardous material or safety sensitive things, you'll have to wear personal protective equipment you know, to protect yourself because they're liable for you because you're now on their common territory. So vaccines do have their place. You just got to discern, you know. Well, I, I could get on this. We could get on this and, and be on to natural cures and preventive for disease for probably all night, my friends. I'm telling you, I could really get into this one here because if you want to check my blood and you tell me that you think that I'm successful, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, <laughs> I can't think. If you think that because I can stand among five men or women, ten men or women, and you think because they've got measles that I'm going to get it, then you prove it to me. Otherwise, uh, you know, um, I don't believe that uh, I should be forced to take a vaccine that, that you feel that I may get measles because I may have a very good immune system. So you want to check my immune system and and... You know, here we go from there. Just because everybody else has got the vaccine and you think they're not going to get the measles, that's not true. But my, my immune system may be very, very high in comparison to everyone else that's that's here. So 
you know, we could get into a controversy here about uh, vaccines. And I could take the vaccine, and, and which basically is placing the germ into me, <laughs> right? That's it's a... Place into you, um, you know, so that you can use, so that your antibiotics, your antibodies will uh, become, you know... Accustomed? Yeah, accustomed to the, the measles or whatever it may be, germ. But um, my immune system may be just fine. Oh, it's okay. It's okay because even if you don't have it, okay... Everybody talks about herd immunity. So as long as 95% have uh, vaccinated, it says that you're going to be safe anyway. I can't agree with these vaccines because I'm in a natural cures and preventive disease. So sorry, Sonia. I can't agree with them at all. I have absolutely no reason to agree with vaccines. Um, everything natural. That, that's my opinion. Sonia? No way. I always try to bring things home or look, look locally. Um, like in your house, uh, you know, you have your own standards, customs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when it comes to doing righteously with your neighbor to who's going to compensate for any damages, it's, all, it, it's, a, it's a good system, common law system. And the corporate model mimics it as well. But if, if if my child, if we're neighbors, you know, you're the head of household, you're responsible for those that are in your house, you have a certain rules and standards, you know. If my child, if, if if they're welcome to come over, you'll notice me of your, you know, of customs and standards and whatever. Same thing, like if you send your child into my jurisdiction, there may be certain rules. The, the vaccine thing is really a, about liability, because we know we're going to be mingling with foreigners, you know. This, this is injecting stuff into your body that you really don't know what's in it. It's been proven that vaccines are killing people. It's causing more harm. Uh, yeah. Vaccines, you're going to inject something in your body, and you really don't know what it is. Unless okay. it's natural. And, and any man-made product is not natural. I got a good... Uh, I'm not rebuttal, but kind of agreement with you on that. If it doesn't come from the mother, the mother is the one that gives the the baby the antibodies when you're born, most of them. Yes. Um, The best way to do it, which the system is going to now, is you can now do like you when you get a germ or you get a disease, you usually inhale it or ingest it. They're coming out with uh, nasal sprays now where you can do it that way to go the natural, uh, natural way the body would do it, through your nose, your mouth without going straight to your blood. Mm-hmm. Well, why not just go out into the woods and, and, and pick some certain plants and put them into a, um, a crock pot and bring <laughs> over that? Well, when, hey. we'll, we'll, we'll need you to do that. You keep spreading the message. Not everybody has those plants. No, you know, Roddy, where, wherever we live, like if um, Eugene or... Janine's in Australia. You're in Virginia. You're in Virginia. I'm on Ontario. Everywhere we live, we we have all the plants to sustain us. Okay. We we you know that's true. One specific that's... for the whole world is not in one country. Everywhere we live, um, we have 
have a specific pH level in our body, and and we have that same pH in the surroundings that we're we're on, you know. So we can go, you know, and and eat off the land. Um, everything is there for us. We just have to search for us for it and learn what it is. So you know, whether it be specific mushrooms off of trees or specific type of grasses or chamomile teas which grow in everybody's driveway, dandelions, whatever, it's all out there, you know, um, and we, we have to go out and, and you know, we, we're so far away from this anymore that we depend on man making us something up. Do you really want to make a, inject into your body with a solution that your neighbor has made up and he tells you that, you know, five out of ten of his friends did okay with it? You know, oh no, so not at all. Away from nature, that um, I don't, I wouldn't trust a vaccine. You can't convince me. We can talk all night on this. You, you know, you can't convince me to uh, try any vaccine that the uh, this satanic world has dreamed up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, anyway, I don't know whether we should get on to something else because you got me going here now, but. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 a yeah, no, I'm I'm the same, I'm the same, Sonia. You know, I mean, all my um, I'm only alive today because of a naturopath. You know, um, she said don't vaccinate your kids. She'll she'll give you um natural stuff. So all you know, so my kids were, my children were um, or so say my property, my property was done in a very naturopathic way, very very rarely sick. Very rarely sick. It might be two times a year when they when they get the flu and they have to stay home. Um, you know, one, another one of my family, she did vaccinate because uh, she believed it was for the best. Her children are always sick, always sick. You know, the ear, nose, and throat problems all the time. Uh, whether that's got anything to do with the vaccine vaccines or whatever, I won't go there. But uh, yeah, yep. But doesn't it say in the Bible that let your let your food be your medicine? I believe so. Many, many men and women, you know, we, we believe that. Yeah, food is our food is. Yeah, makes sense. What uh, what what else? What else would be a medicine? Something that man made up? I don't think so. Like uh, and, um, step out the backyard and out into the woods and. Go out hunting and, and find out. Okay, what, you know, there's a lot of God. a lot of things out there that are that are poisonous. You know, like rhubarb leaves, for example. You know, or foxglove. Um, a lot of medicines that man has made. Um, I'd say 95% of medicines that man has made it started from plants way back when. Now, for example, the the flower foxglove, um, it can give you a heart attack. So they use foxglove for thinning thinning the blood, and um, working with people's hearts. Valerium, valerium is a flower that is a volume. Everybody, you know, it's like a nerve pill that a lot of of men and women take. Valium is from a valerian plant. Chamomile, chamomile tea, which is from a, a small weed that many consider a weed. Chamomile is, is a calming tea also. 
So all these things, man has, everything we've learned, man has got from nature. Beats? Yeah, beats. What is that one, what is that relaxing uh, thing that comes from beats? I'm not sure, Roddy. It was in a Nirvana song, I can't remember. Maybe it starts with an L. Lithium, yeah. Oh, lithium. Yeah, this is the thing. All the medicines have come from plants, but what they've done, since man could not patent, since man cannot patent plants because God created them, and they had to put their own solutions into this stuff and then turn it into some other sort of medication or drug so that they could patent and make money. And that, that's where the problems come along. Is is It was the greed. It was the money. So then they started adding their own solutions so that they could patent their product. Have you ever had a talk with Mike Miller? About what? Stuff like we're talking now. He's got some good insight on that. <laughs> um, if, he's, on, if he's on, I heard he was on the call. On medicine, medicine and natural cures? And... No, compost piles, growing your own stuff. Oh, yeah. No, 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 I don't think we've talked about that. We've If he's on, see if he'll come on. Law. Yeah, I know. Uh, my, yeah, I know Mike you, was on. He knows he's welcome to come on any time. Yeah, the dot, 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 I, yeah, I'd love to hear some insight if he has any. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Mike, you know, if you're, if you're on, you're welcome. I to love. Anytime he knows that. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Mike. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, just out in the garden. I could hear you guys a little bit. <laughs> Hi, Mike. What are you planting? Uh, just kind of transplanting. I don't know. I got a bit of an issue with uh, the man who calls himself landlord around here. So most of my garden is in boxes and pots and kiddie pools. And hey. so I'm just kind of moving stuff around, kind of squish things in. Wonderful. <laughs> hey, organic. Yep. Yeah, all organic this year. Last year I had a, a late start and didn't have a whole lot of money and organic takes some planning and a little bit of a little bit of work. So, if you'd like to recap from a, a previous call, Sonia, that he he talked about is how things that are in the ground are kind of dead, they're deadly, but on the land they're living, and the things in the ground supply that life about growing. What do you call it? Putting leaves on on top of the uh, soil? Yeah, um, I think they call that the chop and drop method. I think Janine was mentioning some guy that has a whole bunch of YouTube videos about it, uh, Return to Eden or something like that. But um, I'm not sure who said it, but I heard somebody the other day say that one of the bad things Cain did was till the soil. But I think the idea is you... The the ground, I think I think the idea is that in the ground there's uh, beneficial bacterias and microbes and everything, and it's kind of like a mushroom. It um, the mycelium or whatever it spreads underground. So all the beneficial microbes and bacterias and fungi and everything are in the ground to begin with, and when you dig up and till the soil, you're disturbing the structure of the soil. So what's apparently better is to 
um, just mulch your garden with wood chips or some kind of compost or something like that. And like in the fall, just rake up all the all the brown leaves and just put them on the garden. Just cover your garden with uh, plant material. Would it and make that, sense when something starts to grow that the roots go down and the nutrients come up that way? Yep. That's one of the uh that's one of the amazing things about dandelions actually. They can uh they can grow in the worst conditions, compacted soil, no nutrients, and their taproot will jackhammer through clay and everything. And roots can't normally penetrate clay, but clay has a lot of nutrients in it. So dandelions will drill down into the clay, absorb the nutrients out of the clay, and then when the plant dies, it uh it releases all the nutrients that were locked deep in. It's almost like an electrical system or life-given electrical energy seeking a ground. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of in a way. If you uh, disturb the flow of electricity, it doesn't work so well. You start shorting out and sputtering. And well, Michael, um, I don't know if we talked about this. Um, horticulture is my my love, and um, uh, when I moved to Halliburton in 1981, I had my first garden, and that's what I did for the the rest of my time. And um, I did it professionally. I did golf courses. I did uh, plants and flowers and vegetables and stuff. So that's my love. And uh, I I got this book called Lasagna Gardening, and I agree with you what you're saying, Mike, 100%. Um, the first eight to ten uh, inches of topsoil anywhere, like look out into the woods when you go walking in the woods. If you just peel back the leaves, the earth is so black and the worms are all there and all all the activities going on in the first eight or ten inches, all the activities going on there. And, yeah, once you till that up, then you get into this yellow and brown, light brown, um, different colored soil, you're digging up a different dimension. So, yeah, you're not supposed to till it. Um, what you do is, like you say, just uh, mulch it, kill your weeds, mulch it, you know, kill kill your grass or whatever you want to do, and then just dig a hole right there. Um, mm-hmm. I had this book, it was called Lasagna Gardening. And if you can think about building a lasagna, what you do Where? is you just build it up. Put some leaves yep. on. Put some um, old old sawdust. Don't put any new stuff on, because new sawdust and stuff like that takes nitrogen from the ground to decompose. So you build it up. You kill everything, your weeds and that, and you build it up. And you just you leave it. Yeah, you just you don't dig up that first eight or ten inches because that's that's there for a reason. And uh, the the plants search. The plants go and search for what they need and what they want. And and uh, yeah, that's that's. I agree there too. From what I've learned um, through through my years of experience with horticulture and landscaping, I agree too. This lasagna book was excellent because it says no more weeding, no more tilling, uh, no more digging. Just cover it up. And and dig your hole right there. Yep. Simple. Yeah, I uh, I don't have a whole lot of money, and I trying to grow as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So I'll go and I'll buy a 
I'll buy a big, cheap, crappy bag of potting soil or something, and then I'll um, I'll go down. I got a bit of a forest about a 15-minute, 20-minute walk from here. So I'll go down to the forest with my backpack and a few big bags and a small shovel, and I'll just I'll peel the leaves back, and I'll dig some of the good dirt right out of the forest. <laughs> and I'll come home, and I'll... Uh, put a little bit of wood chips in the bottom of a pot. I'll put a little bit of clay and sand on top of the wood chips, and then I'll put some forest floor dirt on there and then a little layer of potting soil on the top. And everything seems to do very well. But it's, it's nature's way. Yeah. Like, these, like, like you were mentioning horticulture. I'm surprised you used that word. Horticulture, good. Agriculture, bad. But, um, yeah, horticulture is is much different than like the commercial farmers. The commercial farmers destroy the the dirt. They're always tilling it up. They're putting chemical fertilizers in there, chemical weed killers, and they're breaking the structure of the soil. And they're um, like in nature, you have a maple tree. You might have an evergreen tree close by. You'll have raspberry or wild blueberry bushes or something there'll be dandelions like nature mixes it up these farmers are doing uh like 100 acres of corn the corn stripping the soil and that's the whole despite popular belief the civil war in the states was not about slavery slavery was already on its way out by then and part of that was because of poor crop rotation they had crop failure like crazy and they didn't realize that the corn was stripping the same nutrients out of the soil every year. And the cabbage was stripping the same nutrients out of the soil every year. And it took them a while to figure out they had to rotate. I've got a confirmation. Yep. On uh, topsoil about seeds being planted on top. That's what yep. nature does. Is uh, is it called pollination, cross-pollination? Uh, don't, don't birds and things just spread and they just fly around and land? Yeah, that's that's not cross pollination, but yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I, yeah, because there's a method of seed seed saving. I used to save my tomato seeds by squishing the tomato seeds onto a paper towel, and just letting the paper towel dry. And then I found out that the gel around the tomato seeds inhibits germination, because uh, it doesn't make sense to have a tomato plant growing inside a tomato. So one of the seed-saving methods is you put all the seeds and the goo in a cup, put a little bit of water in it, and leave it for a few days, and it will ferment. And the fermentation takes the germination inhibitor off the seeds. But I was thinking about that after I found out about that method. In nature, a tomato falls off the plant. It sits on the ground. It ferments, which would get rid of the germination inhibitor. And the tomato is not only moisture, it's also fertilizer. And the roots will just dig into the ground when they're big enough and they're ready. The The best way to garden is to mimic nature. Mix it up. There, the ground. There's only a few uh, vegetables that really go into the ground, like carrots, I think some potatoes, beets. But yeah, only but they're... they're yeah. But if if you if you drop a bunch of beet seeds on the top of the dirt, they're gonna grow. You might have to top the soil up a little bit and cheat, but beet seeds will grow if you lay them on top. If you can keep the soil moist on top, they'll grow. Roots go down. What I was gonna get at though, that whole scare back in the day about fish having that uh, mercury in them. 
Yep. Well, what they don't tell you is mercury is kind of a naturalizer pH balance, like Sonia mentioned. When a plant does properly, it adds everything to it, and it grows properly. It kind of neutralizes the uh, mercury. Yeah, I, so. um, I found out a long time ago that geraniums are really good for cleaning up soil that's contaminated with heavy metals. So if you got a heavy metal problem in your soil, you just plant a crap load of geraniums and next year your soil's gonna at least be better. I don't know how long it takes to clean that up, but better than hiring hiring a big chemical corporation to add another chemical to counteract the other chemical. I watch a lot of propaganda because sometimes it's very informative. And uh, the, the, the chemical companies have actually been using nature to clean up oil spills and stuff like bacteria. Certain bacteria will eat the oil. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. Yeah, they um, they do use nature sometimes. Like uh, I knew a lady that had, uh, had problems with her legs, and I guess... Uh, she had her leg amputated and then her knee got infected and they apparently put sterile maggots in there and the maggots go in, they ate all the, all the dead flesh and everything and then just fell out. Once there was nothing for them to eat, they just left. Don't forget the leeches too. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think that's one of the biggest problems with cutting down the rainforest is I think there's a lot of disease cures in that rainforest getting cut down every day. To grow meat. What's that? Cutting down the rainforest to make grazing land to grow more meat. Hmm. <laughs> Well, he's he's kind of right on that. If you if you do some research, scientists are experimenting with turning your own crap into steaks. Woo! Yeah, it's sick what they're doing out there. Sonia. Yeah. Anything to No, I'm just listening. <clears throat> no, I think it's interesting. I, I'd love listening to people talk about uh, gardening, you know, because that's what it, the way it was meant to be, uh, you know. Um, there I, there yeah, is I, something. He's correct on the uh, the theory and stuff. It's it's all correct. However, I, do, I, I would like to throw this in and see if it makes sense. When, when you stir the land up, you can risk some issues there, but isn't a seed, you know, the seed has a coating, so isn't it somewhat protected as long as it stays, you know, a certain level on top of the soil? I mean, it could be underground, but still on top of the the ground at the same time. It's just in the stirred-up land. Isn't it protected? The seeds are protected? Well, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, 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 when I worked with an elderly man, he was supposed to be retired, and they, they, they really wanted him back. And he came back, and he trained me and taught me things. 
and we went to this one place. There was a government building, <laughs> and he, this man was so upset because the weeds were just terrible. And he was really upset. He said, do these people not understand that a seed can sit in the ground for 20 years before it decides to germinate? It needs the right temperature, you know, for a certain period of time. You know, it might not be just a temperature for a couple of days. It might need a temperature for a week, you know, or two weeks or, you know, whatever. If if a seed can sit in the ground for 20 years and then decide to germinate, what's that tell you? That seed is alive for 20 years. It can, and this man was like in his 70s. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from him, and I thought that's pretty interesting because that's why if you want to get weeds out of your garden, then you get them out before they go to seed. Once the plant seeds and those seeds start dropping all over your lawn or all over your garden or whatever, um, those seeds are there, and they can germinate when they're ready. So what the trick is, getting them out before they flower, before they go to seed. As soon as you see a weed in your yard or in your garden and you see a flower on it, you get it out. Because once you've got those seeds in there, um, they can be there for 20 years, apparently, to the best of my understanding, what this gentleman told me. So, you know, yes, yeah, seeds seeds are, are, are powerful. Like, take, for example, a pine tree. The pine seed, what it needs... Now, here's when we have these fires. You know when we have these fires? Um, um, all of a sudden, after a fire, you'll see all these plants growing. These plants that are quite different, you know, that were never around before. Some plants need a very, very hot germination period. Okay, They need these forest fires. So um, with, with our creator, you know, having lightning and forest fires and stuff like that, well, he's probably created it that... You know, specific seeds need a hot, hot, actually forced fire in order to germinate. And yeah, I think I think the idea behind that is uh, the fire gets hot enough to split some of the pine cones that won't split on their own. Yeah. But I also found out uh, stuff like um, cherries, peaches, nectarines, and stuff like that. Um, you're supposed to put them in a paper towel, get it damp, put it in a bag, and put it in the fridge for 10 weeks to simulate winter. I have heard, actually, a pine tree burning, and that thing will pop. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the pine cones. I don't know. Yeah. Mount St. Helens comes to mind, but the volcanic ash coming up and destroying everything, now it's all lush. Yeah, the volcanic ash is a lot of minerals and stuff. Probably changes yes. the, pH, the, the pH of the soil, too, with all the wood ash and everything else. It's a whole new beginning out of the ashes, right? Oh, yeah, the ash, the leftover minerals after everything yep. is said and done, yeah. So much to learn, eh? We've got so much to learn, and, and this is the thing, if we can... You know, if we can, there's so many people like uh, Al King, for example, 
and um, Dean Clifford even are, are working on community gardens. You know, um, yeah, that that's where people are going back to is community gardens um, and, and gathering gathering seeds. You know, Mike, I'm sure you know about the the GMOs and stuff. You know, Monsanto. Yep. Um, and 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 trying to get organic seeds anymore is going to be a problem because Monsanto is uh, is impregnating the the friggin' seeds, uh, you know, with pesticides and herbicides in order so when the seeds grow, that uh, the seeds are resistant to pesticides and herbicides and, and bugs and stuff like that. So they're pumping all our friggin' seeds full of uh, uh, pesticides and herbicides now. Well, it's so far it's mainly <laughs> yeah. uh, mainly corn, soybean. Uh, I think sugar beet. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, sugar beets, and I think there's something else they're doing a little bit, but those those are the main ones. There's not usually there's not too much GMO outside of those crops. Canola. Canola. That's the other one. I'm not 100% sure on sugar beets, but I think sugar beets are in there. Yeah, sugar wow. beets are in there. You know, yep, you can, they're in there. can still get, uh, you can get heirloom seeds right at Wally World, and they're priced similar to uh, the other ones. Yeah, two, three bucks. Yeah, there's so also, um, become a member of uh, the Seed Savers Exchange. They're out yep. of uh, Decorah, Iowa, I believe. Yeah. They got they got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different kinds of vegetables, and then there's all different kinds of each vegetable. I think they started in, like, 50s, 60s or something, like, a long time ago. People, they got tons and tons of members. Everybody, people just keep cropping up and saying, oh, my grandfather used to grow these. I grow them every year. And I don't, I don't get paid for this. What is that that link, Mike? Seed Savers. Yeah, Seed Savers Exchange. I'm, I'm going to write this down. I don't get paid for this, but there's another one called My Patriot Supply. I think has them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a few different uh, places that focus mostly on heirloom and and open pollinated varieties or whatever they call them. Yeah, start saving your own too. Most of yeah. my garden. This year, right now, just came up on its own from last year. You let some of your best go to seed, and you got a continuous garden. Mike talked about the refrigeration process, Sonia. Yeah. They, they, the, the scientific world, if you will, also uses not only heat but cryogenics to. Uh, it's called temper. I think it's called tempering your metal. So seeds can both respond to heat and cold weather in the same well, fashion like you got to figure like in in this climate where most of us are here you know the fruit trees the the natural thing for them in the winter they're going to freeze yep so if you're if you're you know trying to do that artificially you got to try and mimic nature that's all that is well, I found out uh, a while ago that they grow tons of lemons in Vancouver, Canada. 
I guess because it's the West Coast, it's a rainforest, it's close to the ocean, and it pretty much rains most of the winter. And lemon trees can withstand up to, I think, minus six. Not so much any other citrus fruit, but... So what people do is they just uh, build it close to their house, and they build a little wooden box around it. And in the winter, they just cover the box with uh, plastic. And it's a mini greenhouse, and as long as it stays above minus six, it'll, it'll be fine. And in the summer, they just take the plastic off, and they got a lemon tree. If this makes sense with the seasons, the uh, the seeds that are grow they're growing on the trees or the plants, if you will, they're supposed to fall in the fall, and they yeah. go through a winter season and they spring forth through the summer. Yeah, and that's why we have a rainy season. Because the seeds, if a seed germinates and then dries out, it's dead. So if it rains, it germinates, it rains again, it rains again during the rainy season, then the seed has a fighting chance. Yeah, you know what they do in Florida when it's going to freeze? They turn all the sprinklers on. Because if it's all wet, ice stops Ice is 32 degrees, and it doesn't get colder than that. But if it's, it's a, dry, it can get as cold as it can get. It's an igloo system, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's another trick um, for when you're planting in the early spring to get an early start is put uh, big jugs of water around your plants, and the, waters, the water will absorb the sun during the day and it'll take a long time to cool down overnight. By the time the water's cold, the sun's coming up again. Are you talking about so a, like a jug with a hole in it so it'll seep slowly? No, 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 just just a sealed jug. You put the lid on, leave the lid off, it doesn't matter, but the idea is that the sun heats up the water inside the jug, and then overnight, when the when the air gets cold, the the water jugs are still giving off a bit of heat because they got the stored heat. It's just like if you boil a kettle of water and put it in a coffee cup, your coffee cup, the water in the the water is going to stay hot for a little while because it holds heat. Like in the condens in theory, though, the condensation will capture the moisture back too. Hmm. Like yeah, that's pretty good. Great ideas. Great ideas. Yeah, we've got solar hot water with that principle. Just get a topsy-turvy. <laughs> well, one of those upside-down tomato pots? Upside-down topsy-turvies. You know, some of the... I, I'm a as-seen-on-TV guru. I love infomercials. <laughs> like the flying lure? The what? The flying lure? I don't think of oh, the flying lure. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one yeah. with the battery in it. Hey, you want to talk about the ultimate natural weapon against pests? These travel centers for truck, you know, for truck truckers have a lot of stuff that you would, you know, love in your private life. You just don't see it because it's not part of the industry, you know. 
this dude took an air gun, and you could put a peach of salt in it and shoot flies with it, up to 50 rounds of just salt. <laughs> it, it blasts them. It, it pellets them. And it's over with, Johnny. <laughs> that sounds like fun. It's being advertised in the Joplin Iowa 80 Petro. I thought that that's pretty cool. You don't have to swat them anymore. You just shoot the little suckers. Hi, Sonia. Sorry I'm late. But, yeah, ultimately the whole topic of come along, what we're talking about, about vegetation, it all has to do with your nutrients, you know, your state of mind. Like a good a good drink of, you know, juice or food can uh, change your whole countenance, you know, your whole demeanor. It can make you a king or it can make you a slob subject, you know. Yeah, I would say if all you ate was processed food and fast food, you'd probably be a little bit slow thinking. Probably bogs you down. Yeah. Eat but the I food think, you call it, or, yeah. Yeah, I think food relating to common law is better, like, as in uh, if you grow your own food, you're less reliant on the government or government corporations. You're just more self-governing, self-reliant. Collins has come on, and you talked about Monsanto. You'll have similar ideas. Don't force people to label their stuff GMO. Just have the companies that don't have it say non-GMO, and that solves the problem. Or like you said, Mike, just don't buy it, and they'll be out of business overnight. Yep. Okay, Mike, I would like to know the difference between your call and Sonia's call. You would not have this call on your call. Uh, but however, least... you have a low insurance call. What, you mean we wouldn't talk about gardening on my call? Correct. <laughs> we have. No, you get this. Friends, I don't care. You know, I, I, I love no, everybody. Sonia, Sonia, <laughs> what else? Okay. This is between Mike and I. All right, go ahead. Thank the you. wicked woman speaks. Okay. Hold on. You're in her jurisdiction. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, stop it, guys. We're friends. Mike. Stop, guys. Moon out. Moon out, please. Gus, Mike. Mute these guys out. I, I believe we were talking about how common law and gardening relate to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I believe we were talking about how growing your own food makes you more self-reliant and less reliant on the government and government corporations. So it kind of has to do with law. Daniel and, and the lions, Dan. And Leo and I... Rodney! And on, my call, and on my call, Leo and I probably talked about gardening for like two hours one night. Okay, I muted out. <laughs> How do we, how do we hear you then? I, I don't know. I know. I broke out. Remember Daniel no. and the lions den? No. Daniel Daniel didn't want the king's food. He wanted his own herbs and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Guys. 
And what is up with the varying people of six, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness, but the six feet under, what does that do? Oh, God. That came from the Bible. Yeah, I don't know if it has to do with the water table or the frost line or I don't know. So you don't want the stuff that's six feet under contaminated coming up to the top, I guess. Or they don't want heavy rains and bodies washing up. I don't know. You know what? You know what? I I hate to bring this up, but Ronnie, you end up bringing up about the six feet under. Well, when the caskets will flow. Exactly. So. Hold on. When the I body will be absorbed mom, back into the land. Exactly. When I buried my mom, they had different types of coffins. Or not coffins, but the... Um, uh, what do you, what would you call that? It's it's a whole other different. Which basically what you were talking about, and I was shocked. I was shocked. like, well, like what? The, like like some of those trees he talked about. You can also be cremated, and of course, you, there's your ashes spread across the land again. But yeah, cremation okay. is is very safe. We're not being cremated. We're having the bodies here right now. No, 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 I'm talking about germination and, and, and the forestry and shrubs, how you get the nutrients, the, you get the bad out when it's uh, cremated. You get all the toxins out of it, you burn it, and what it's left is uh, nutrients or life-given material. Okay, if anyone had to... Have you seen that in the Bible? Like, like was, it, was it a Bible... Um, scripture, like, uh, did God say to do that? You know, when when a man yes. or a woman died, you know, yes, they had when they, when they, before they were put back into the earth. Did, is there a scripture on that? Yeah, it has to do with leprosy and separating the oh, ones leprosy, that are contaminated. Yeah, disease. Yeah, I understand leprosy. And, it, and if they died for the common man or woman, um, yeah. uh, like they didn't do that for Jesus. They didn't well, burn it, his body. No, hang on. What it was, if you had a disease, like a skin disease or uh, okay. leprosy well, yeah. and all that stuff, you're first separated from everybody else so you don't contaminate them. Yeah. And then if you if you did die, yeah. then you were either six feet under or burned. Yeah. Well, that that was for disease. Yeah, okay. That was, that was in Exodus, wasn't it, Genesis? Yeah, I think it was the book Exodus. Was it okay for leprosy? Oh, okay. It's it's that whole part in the Bible where if you have a sore, you go see the minister, you get quarantined, and he'll check you in a couple of days. If it looks good, you're okay. If it looks bad, he keeps you in the quarantine for a little while. Yes, yes. I think that I think that was all the Book of Exodus. Okay, well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, I I believe so too, because you know the the Bible gives us all the guidelines of of how like since we're from Adam and Eve since we're in a a sinful tendency or since we're in a sinful state um God you know wrote had the the, the Bible written to teach us how to deal with life in that sinful state so since we're in that simple state, he had he had all the information put out there for us how to deal with our life in that simple state. So yeah, so it it makes sense that you know that through these diseases and everything else, like in Leviticus, I find Leviticus, my friends, very interesting.
interesting because in Leviticus, it talks about all the clean and unclean foods to eat, specifically meats, when it comes to moose, deer, bear, fish, raccoons, you know, you name it, rabbits, anything with a paw, we should not eat, which includes Sonia. dog, rabbit, uh, yes. I think that's where cleanliness is next to godliness comes from. It has to do with, you know. Also, I think the hospitals got washing their hands so you don't spread diseases yeah. from the scriptures, actually. And the whole custom of washing your feet so you don't track it in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Anyway, Colin's on. And I, <laughs> I, um, I, 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 I want to jump in here too with Colin. Uh Colin, what a wonderful show last week. Um motivating. Man, I started listening to it over because I slipped out and I left a note on the chat board to my friends, okay, I'm gone because like this morning I was up at four four thirty. So by ten, eleven o'clock I'm dinnered. But anyway, Colin, you still there? I are is here. I don't know that I'm uh, on, I think I'm a little off. <laughs> and that's your opinion. <laughs> I just got to dig in the ditch out here. I got tired of the uh, homeowners association. They're supposed to do this work, and I've been telling them that it's you know going to cause thousands of dollars worth of damage on the side of the building because they won't dig a ditch on one side and put dirt up against the wall and just release the pressure. So today it started raining like crazy. I said, you're not ruining my garden. I just got out there in the rain and just started shoveling away and Got caught up for two hours. It feels so good to work up a sweat. Oh my God! <laughs> hey, Colin's right. Too vegetable garden. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're doing the thing with um, we're trying out the thing from Anastasia where you stick it under your tongue for like six minutes, and then you hold it up to the universe for a couple minutes in your palm, and then you uh, bear it. You know, you plant it, and then you stand with your bare feet. And um, at some point, I think, I have to look at it, I think you're supposed to use even just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit of your urine. And if you look at, there's some people that did it that way, and the husband and wife, and they have uh, completely different needs, obviously, and they grew from the same seed pack, the same exact seeds, and they're completely different. The cucumbers are completely different, and they taste completely different. So to me, that's kind of proof positive, cause, because what she's teaching is that when you do that, that way, your own personal seeds, that way, the seeds themselves will uh, give you all the things that are missing and that you need. It like reads it. It's like some really amazing stuff that lost, I guess you would call it technology, natural technology that people knew many thousands of years ago that were, you know, where it could, people could keep in good health. Wow, Colin brought that up. Mike Miller's on the call. He mentioned that recently about uh, fertilizer or the ground, and you put a little urine on it. It makes an explosive. Yeah, that, that's but, really but good. What I'm talking about here is where each plant, and you talk to your plants. Now, I know that it sounds strange, but uh, I can actually attest to the first time that that happened to me was I. I this was like years ago. I, I, you know, I dated a tree hugger for a while. And I thought she was a little bit weird, but I was like, okay, whatever. And she did these columns of light on my property. I had five acres, the first five acres I ever bought out in the woods. And and it, it was weird because I've always been sensitive to that stuff, and it was really strange I did it, but I was like, 
I don't see them, but I can feel a difference. It was really weird. And so one day I, I walk into a store, a grocery store, like a Safeway or something, and I'm walking down this aisle, and you know how they have at the end of each aisle, they have like racks of stuff? And there, somebody had put a plant in this teeny tiny, like, you know, three-by-three-inch three plant or four-inch four little thingamajigger, and there were like three different plants in there. And I was walking down the aisle, and I'm not kidding. It was like something grabbed my shoulder and caused me to turn around, and I, I came nose-to-nose nose with this plant. I'm like, what? And it's looking, but this thing looked bedraggled and everything. I was like, well, no wonder nobody wanted it. It was like, oh, three bucks. I didn't have a lot of money. So I said, okay, so something would led me. I said, all right, fine. You know, three bucks, I can handle it. I stuck it in the cart. So I go around and do my sharpening, and, of course, I get near the end where all the plants are. And I said, well, if I'm going to spend the three bucks on a plant, I'm going to get me a nice-looking, healthy plant. So I went through, and I put that one on the shelf, and I got a really nice set of, you know, really healthy, good-looking. I was like, all righty. And I walked away all smiley and happy with myself. I didn't get 15 feet away before I turned around and grabbed the other one put it back in there. I can't explain to you, but it, it was like, I don't know, it, it's not like a voice, like an audible voice, but it's like, I can't explain it, but it just, it happened. Yeah. Is it the ammonia that extracts the uh, nutrients out of it? No, I'm just telling the story. So, um, so I go and I, and I, and I didn't know anything. I'd never had plants before and something caused me to mumble at them. I'm like, I don't know why I got you guys. And you're like, I don't know what your problem is. And you know, it's no wonder you guys are having a problem. You're all stuck in this one little teeny planter and I separate them out and put them other plants. And I'm kind of like, wah, 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 you know, and, and through the next years, they all grew beautifully, and I learned an awful lot. Some plants do not get along with other plants, but most plants definitely like company. And they definitely like it when you talk to them. Like I, I put them in a sunroom. I had built a house, and I made a sunroom. And I used that was my sanctuary room, and I had the plants in there. It was really nice. And I would go in there, and sometimes, you know, you're talking to yourself. But, hey, there's a plant there. Let me talk to the plant instead. So you kind of like mumble to the plant. And, and and I just started noticing a pattern that the more I talked to the plants, the more they seemed to grow and get green and happy and shiny and glossy. But if I left them alone for too long, they were like, well, whatever, okay. So I, I started just on my own without anyone teaching me. And then reading the, uh, other books and hearing other people's stories and now reading Anastasia, it's just, oh, my God, there's so much that we need to learn about how we're all connected to the earth in more ways than we even know. You said uh, urinate, right? Huh? You said something you're, about urination you're, earlier? You're really onto that urination thing, aren't you? It's just a minor thing. It's One ammonia, things, right? Huh? Is it ammonia? I was wanting Mike to chime in because he mentioned this recently, and it's, it's a No, the, it's idea is, the idea is that in your urine is, tell, is all of the things that you don't need or do need. I don't know the science behind it. There's actually science behind it. But there's something about your first morning urine that has um, – either has all the things that you need or doesn't or has missing. But anyway, when you put a little bit of urine on the plant, the plant will react to it and say, aha, he needs this, he needs that, and it will draw the nutrients out of the earth. They, the whole universe is working together. That's, that's you know, the whole beauty about once we start realizing that really the whole universe was created and given to us in every sense of the word and that the, that the whole earth, every tree, every plant, every animal every bug out there is waiting basically to serve us to take care of us um you look at honeys you know she even talked about how how you know how they sit there and put honeys in these 
She says, no, let them grow naturally. And, and the bees are more than happy uh, if you don't take too much. They produce plenty for you. And it's the same thing in, in all of nature. You see that there's abundance, an absolute abundance. When I was in Fiji, for instance, um, and, and I was in a really fancy kind of hotel place for the first week. I was bored to tears, and I ended up trading in the next three weeks to go lit, sleep on the floor um, in a hot tin uh, house in a, vi- in a real village of real indigenous Indo- uh, um, um, Fijians. And to really experience that whole community, it was just amazing. And um, they don't they don't plant like you and I. What they do is they just plant all the stuff wild, and they know exactly where things are. And they just walk through the woods and they grab this fruit, they grab that fruit. And I got sick one day, and the lady whose house, um, the wife that I that that I was there, she knew what was wrong with me. Just walked off into the into the jungle and grabbed some fruit and handed it to me. And and within probably 20 minutes I was feeling better and and it's just so amazing because they're the Indians which are brought there by the British and trained to be industrial they're very business oriented and I had associated with them for the first you know week or two and they were like oh those those indigenous Fijians they're really lazy and you can see them sleeping in the middle of the day you know really nastiness but when you actually live with them you found out that what they do is they get up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and do all the work when it's cool so in the heat of the day, they're like, sleeping out. Duh. You know, this is making sense, but they work completely with nature. And they want for very little because they just simply work within nature. And um, so the, the contrast was amazing. And then if you read this book, Anastasia, it's really changing the world. There's literally millions of people that are a series of nine books. And it's really amazing. It's changing the world, the way people look at things. In fact... Putin has offered anyone from any country who wants to do a farming, he give you land to do this, you know, self-sufficient farming. So it's catching. That's why they're poo-pooing him so much, is poo-pooing Putin. <laughs> oh, my God. You talk about ditch digging? That's very important, too. Have you seen what happened in West Virginia? No. That, that freaking puddle or whatever it was causing you issues there could have destroyed the house. I mean, could have probably caused a sinkhole. But you look at the news, my God, West Virginia is a mess. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Well, I've been a ditch sticker for a long time because I've taken swamp land and just by um, digging very shallow ditches caused the water to drain off and dry, basically dry land appeared, you know? Um, you know, and the people were like, because when the guy said, you want to rent that? you want to rent that space? And I, you know, got a hell of a deal. You know, it was like, you know, 35 or $40 a month. He says, oh, it's marshland. What do you want that for? And I put a trailer on it, you know, which was raised off the ground. And I actually did my own natural uh, septic field is what it was. And it was an open field. Of course, you know, health department came down eventually and said, you can't do that. And I'm like, why? It's working perfectly. You can't smell anything, uh, you know, because of the way I, I set it up. And, and it worked beautifully. And tall grass was all around. It was naturally growing. And then years later, I found that there's a place, I think it's in Alaska or someplace, north, and they actually do the same thing. And they have a crop that they gather and they make money from it. And they sell T-shirts with it with it on it that says, you know, you know, our waste uh, makes us money. So when you start looking at how the whole 
you know, God's system, you know, every, every the way everything is created is to serve us, to help us, to make us. The only thing we're supposed to do is give thanks and enjoy it. That's really what it is. And all this other stuff is just because of greed. And, and that's all it is. It's just because of greed. It's like I said, people for some reason cannot conceive that people in power are corrupted. But we know the statement that says power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. You know, that was the whole reason why the founders had so many fail-safes, uh, you know, not just in the Constitution, but in the, the unanimous Declaration of Independence being the trust. And kind of that's beautiful, a beautiful transition into what I, I personally wanted to share tonight is I've been real, felt really led to share with people really, really strongly that what we need to do is change our verbiage as well. Like, stop saying that, like my friend, the FBI came after her. That's true. But what it was, it's agents in the FBI. It's people in uniforms. It's people in offices. And go back to kind of mixing what Carl said is let's deal with the people that are, that are actors. They're pretending to be something. And that they have, when they're pretending to be something, they have an obligation to that persona that they're supposed to. It's, it's defined. In, it's written and defined. And because I've been talking a lot later to people that want to, people that want to expatriate, they want to get away. They, it's not yours. It's not my constitution. Okay, it's maybe not yours, but you know, you got something better. You know, I mean, actually, when you look at the laws that are out there, they're they're again, they're created to protect us. It's only because men uh, go around and corrupt the system. And I sent some of you an email about this guy. Um, what is his name? Um, he's actually showing how they're using syntax and everything that they write is corrupted. And it's so corrupted that you can't help but see that it's done on purpose. Oh, uh, that's the glossa? Huh? That's the glossa, Colin? No, I'm going to get it here in a second. Hold on, I'll find it. I, I've been doing so many researches. Oh, my God. And there's also, for the other people who are into the law, there's some case law coming out of New Jersey now, or New Hampshire, excuse me, New Hampshire, where they now have, they have finally changed their attitude and saying, yes, that fraud is enough to, um, to have standing to bring an action for a wrongful foreclosure. Up until these recent cases, they have been saying, no, it's not enough. You owe the money, tough shit, too bad. But now they're finally agreeing and saying yes because these trusts are under New York law and New York law has uh, clearly states that anything that a trustee does that they're not um, granted the power to do is void. Not voidable, but void. Here it is right here. His name is David Wayne Miller. Now, I heard about this stuff several years ago. I even incorporated kind of some of it into my stuff, but I never got to see the video. I never even got to hear the audios, quite frankly. But it all David kind of... David Winmiller. Huh? David Winmiller? Yeah. He calls himself Judge <laughs> David Winmiller. Yes. Yeah, and anyway, so I, I don't know how I got this. I really, Whoever gave it to me, if it's one of you, thank you. Because now, with all the knowledge that I have, it's all making perfect sense. Um... And there's also a lot of uh, stuff, like, you know, he knows about 18 U.S.C. 241, 242, but he also brought up some other ones, 18 U.S.C. 1001, which I think I mentioned before, and four or five others and some acts and so on, which are there to protect us. And he's talking about, by them falsifying documents, is like a million-dollar fine, which you can collect. 
So, you know, um, you really just need to watch it for yourself, and you're not going to understand it at first. I did uh, this. Huh? Excuse me, Colin, is that the one where he's given a two-day talk to the Amish community? No. Uh, David Wynn Miller is the one that is quantum language. What he does yeah, is... He yeah, has, I know. I know, yeah. but the very, very first one I ever saw of him, he was actually giving a two-day talk to the Amish community. He explains oh. how the post office is in control of everything. He goes, look, it was way over my head. Just, you know, like I couldn't understand it. Um, I'd probably have a better understanding of it now, but there was a lot of information in there. Well, yeah, um, like when I first started watching, I got almost a headache. I was like, oh, this is too tiresome. I don't want to learn this. But then this, I went and showed it to Luella, and, and it was like she got it because she did lingu- lu- linguistics. I can't even pronounce it. Oh, she did linguistics when she, uh, in college, so it made more sense to her than it did to me. But the second time around, I was like, oh, okay. So that's how it is. You just have to listen on faith and allow your subconscious mind to gather what your conscious mind can't conceive of. And then rep, I know I'm going to go back and repetition, 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 and then I'm going to learn the ABCs as time goes on. But the point that I'm making is when you listen to the three videos that I sent you, I immediately jumped to 2016 because a lot of times when you hear this guru stuff, it's just a matter of usually six years is the maximum they'll let you go before they put you in jail. They bring charges against you. So I immediately went to 2016 and from what I can tell, he's still going strong. He's not in jail, has never been in jail. They've never brought charges and so on. So whatever he's got, um, you know, they haven't come after him, and it, it seems like he's pretty strong. He's got allegedly two – I haven't even found his website yet, two million people on his website. Um, so from my point of view, if this is a tool that we can use, what he's showing is that it's prima facie evidence, the document itself, which is ironic because I'm coming at it from a different standpoint. He's using, he's saying that there's a chaotic language, that they have purposely misled us in school not to start a sentence with a preposition, when in actual fact, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. And you got to, I don't understand it, okay? I don't, I don't profess to understand any of it, but I got the principle, which is that what they're doing, they're supposed to be knowledgeable people. They are required to know this stuff. And when he, you word something properly in the proper syntax language, uh, they can't budge. They can't do anywhere and go anywhere. And when you sign the, the stamp and there's other things that you do, you actually become the judge of the case. Um, so it's and and what's interesting is there's a lot of the stuff that you can see that uh, Carl Lentz either lifted from there or discovered on his own. But it's almost like oh my God, that's where Carl Lentz either got it from or. He discovered it on his own or, you know, side by side. Um, but this is a bigger picture. We're, you know, we're looking for the whole picture. And this guy, um, you know, really just has it all because every document, every court order that they have, the way the syntax is, is complete fraud. And that means you can show that it's fraud. It has no meaning, no veracity whatsoever. And when you, uh, when you can bring charges against them, uh, for doing what they're doing. It's really amazing. So I recommend, I gave three of them. The first one was, just go to YouTube, and it's, let me see, the first one that I watched was what? Um, come on, come on. Where is is that it? the one with Mark? Is that the one with Mark in it, where Mark explains it? Well, that's, 
the the third one I watched was the one in 2016. Oh, here it is. I'm looking at it. The first one is called Federal Postal Court Mortgage Deed of Trust Language Fraud Trial Hearing Merge. That's the name of it. It's an all uppercase name. Just go to YouTube and type that in. Federal Postal Court Mortgage Deed of Trust Language Fraud Trial Hearing Merge. That's the first video that I watched. The second one... Okay. I'm just going to put that up on the up on the board for those who want it because I've yeah, it up. Did I say it slow enough? Uh, yeah, no, I've got it. it I've, good, oops, good. Okay. Sorry, I just got to stop it now. Hang on. Okay. No, that's not with the man that um, that I was thinking of. There's another guy in England, and they call him. What do they call him? Uh, who's the guy in the Matrix? Um, the dark guy. In the Matrix, um, not okay. Neo, um, Morpheus. They call him they they call him the Morpheus of common law because he follows David Windmiller's stuff. Well, I can I can see that he has somebody else that works with him. Uh, if I can find the one here, let me just. I can't go forward. Why can't I go forward? Oh, oh dear. Okay, well. Mm. But he has okay. lessons here. I looked at, he's got a whole series of lessons here. I just, now this one I just gave you, he goes through it at the very beginning of the tape for about the first 30 minutes. And you'll be going, what, 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 what? And just keep watching the whole thing and then go to the other ones. Um, he's actually called a judge. He calls up Judge Dave Windmiller. Um, let me see, direct uh, Dave Windmiller. I'm trying to look for the one I watched next. Yeah, uh, there's one here that's after that one that you just said, and it says for these methods of the document contract federal postal court venue part one. Is that it? Oh no, that yeah, that's that sounds like a good one too. There's a whole bunch of them here. He's got actually quantum language one through seven. It looks like or more. So there's plenty to watch. I jumped to the one of 2016. Um, oh, so a quantum language six of seventeen. So there's a total of seventeen uh, to watch that you can watch on it. Quantum language. I don't know if that's David Win Miller or the other guy. There's another guy. Where is he? Here we go. Yeah, David Win Miller. Quantum Grammage um, Seminar. Seminar. No, that says September 2012. Full. That's the one. That yeah, David Win Miller. Quantum Grammar Seminar, September 2012. That's the one where he's actually speaking in the Amish community. Okay. Yeah, put yeah, that and that, yeah, that goes, it's, it goes hours. Oh, yeah, the last one that I was watching, which is the one in 2016, it's like four or five hours long. It's like, wow. But, you know, I mean... That might be the better one, seeing it's more up to date than 
Well, this, this, I recommend you watch the one I just gave you, the Federal Postal Court Mortgage Deed, because at the very beginning of it, he gives you the numbers. He breaks it down for you, exactly how it is, the very foundation of it. I don't know about the rest of them. Um, Director's Party, California. Uh, there's Quantum Language 7 to 17. I would probably go through that. And I haven't seen this one. I'm interested to see what he says. Judge Dave Wynn Miller on ETs, time travel, gold wars, 9-11, and and more. I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested to see what he has to say there. But I, I kind of put that off to the side because if he's talking like a nut, I, I don't want to think he's a nut because I think he's got something quantum language here. Um, but the point is that breaking it down with the quantum language, you can show uh, with it. And he does the thing with the with the flag, which finally somebody broke it down, where it's. The size of the it's not it, it, that the that the, the the eagle whether the wings are open or closed uh, makes a difference and whether if there's any kind of a, a staff and he says how you can arrest a judge you get to the sheriff you make him your staff your staff something or other staff agent and basically what you're doing is you are deputizing him under your authority and when you tell him to arrest that judge he has to arrest the judge because he says you just witnessed him engage in a criminal act. I mean, it's really powerful stuff. I don't know if I got the balls to do it yet, but I mean, I'll learn it first before I, I would, I would do that. But it's kind of what we've been looking for, you know. And he actually brings out a lot of stuff that I've been talking about. That the judge is just an actor, you know. That really the one who runs it is the clerk. Um, and um, you know, I was talking about we really need to go after the clerks because they're corrupting the record and they pick the. The, they're basically telling him. He even said that it's that he's that the clerk. Yes, I know, but 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 I don't know if you've listened to the one that Carl Carl had a great episode on this. He said there's two parts to a court. Okay, one is the court clerk side, and the other one is the um like the judge's side. What do you call it? The guy in 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 charge of the the court itself. Um, yeah, he's supposed to, anybody... just supposed to be a referee. Okay, See, no, that, no. All that, all that stuff is admiralty law crap. It doesn't apply to a man. Yeah, yeah, but um, Mike, who's the, what do you call it? If um, th- There's the heat. Carl did an episode on this. He said there's two sides to a court. There is the court clerk side and there is the... There's something uh, else. What do you mean? No, you write to the uh, to the guy in charge of the court. He's the one who's like 24 um, seven. The building manager is usually the head clerk or the uh, chief chief justice or whatever. That's it. The building manager. There's two sides to a court: the court clerk side and the building manager. And the man lost his case because while he did write to the clerk, he did not inform the building manager that the clerk was not doing her duty. And on that grounds, he lost the case. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is he... interesting. Carl has some great information. It's like little. They're just pockets of gold. But when. Um... Yeah, put that up on the on the board too, if you would, or if you have that, uh, uh, if you can audibly put it up, that would be helpful too. Because some people, like myself, we don't look at the, we don't get a chance to look at the board. We just hear the audio. So, could you give us the mm-hmm. um, either the URL address or what 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 video or audio that was? 
that he that you're talking about, if you remember it? Um, I would have to go back and listen, but as soon as I do no. find it, I will post it up. But I'll I'll just put it in the room and just let them know there's two sides there, to a court. Do you have my Skype? Do you have my Skype and my email, by the way? Um, yeah, I know you Is it, do, is it Truthmonger? Truthmonger6.gmail.com? Yeah, 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 that's my email. And also, I'm back on Skype again under Colin Derek Law. Oh, no. I didn't know that. David Wynn Miller, he's a bit of a nut for one. He's way too complex, and all that crap doesn't apply. Like the size of the flag, is, you may as well cry about a fringe, a fringe around it. It means nothing. Well, I don't remember that guy, uh, that free man of Montana guy, when he was in court and he was whining about the gold fringe on the flag, the judge got off the bench, ripped the flag up, threw it on the ground, and sat and he said, okay, well, now what's your bitch? <laughs> the, flag, the, flag means, the flag means absolutely nothing. You're not going to get anywhere going down that road. That's right. He, he pulled the flag out, threw it down on the floor. He took his robe off. He come down off the bench and he said, now, we're on a level standing. I'm a man. You're a man. Are you guilty or not? Perfect. Something perfect. like that. You know, that's what. That's and perfect. He, that's exactly what you want. And that's actually what he talks about. David Wood Miller talks about that you will never be in a court again. You will always be uh, requiring them when you file, when you file your proper papers um, then you will sit down at a table in the jury room, equal footing, at the same level, everybody at the same level, and then you'll negotiate a uh, basically negotiate a settlement. Exactly what he talks about. That when you go in there, it's a stage. He talks about that in in, in one of the videos. It's fantastic how he lays it out. That really what you're going into is in fact an acting stage, and the and the judge is the highest one, and he, he gives you all the stats. He gives the U.S. stats and everything that where it says clearly in, in the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, I forget what rule it is right now, and he says that the judges, it clearly says the judges are actors and that they uh, that they can't hear anything anyone says or does because they're on a different playing field and that the clerk is at a different level and that, they, they, in fact, all of your juries are unlawful because they have six, a row of six, and then another level, a row of six. So you don't have 12 juries. You only have two sets of sixes. So it's really fascinating. Yeah, it stuff seems complicated and technical, but it's always a good idea to know, uh, you know, like, like I don't know if you watch any television or not, but I like certain shows like, you know, NCIS and different ones like that, and they always have the geek that does that is in the background being able to track and travel, and you're in a building, you know, if you watch uh, 007, you know, or some of the other movies, you know, here's the geek in your ear that's telling you which way to turn because they have the layout of the building, and they know all this complicated crap that has nothing to do with you except for, oh, my God, if it weren't for that geek with all that complicated stuff, I'd have been dead 20 times by now. So, you know, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it's kind of like what I was kind of saying, too, is I believe that we really need to change our attitudes and recognize the fact that, you know what, we really do have corrupted people in offices of public trust. Now, I'm not saying that if you want to expatriate and you want to be a man on the land all by yourself with no country and the moment that somebody like Obama or somebody else sees you as a threat, they just simply, because you don't have any country and you don't have anyone who can stand up for you or you don't have any laws, uh, then they just come in and blow you up with a, with a missile or, or whatever. 
personally, I would rather continue fighting for the principles that were laid out originally in the unanimous Declaration of Independence, uncorrupt the offices. Um, I've learned enough now to know that when you start reading the law, the law is even more strict and more stringent than I ever was. And then if we can enforce those laws and get the corrupted people out of office so that we're not looking at like, oh, the government's corrupted. Well, okay, let's look at it another way. What about if we start using Carl Lentz and say the men or the man in the office is corrupted? The office itself is not corrupted. It is the, the man who is in the office that has corrupted it. The man in the robe has corrupted it. The man standing to your right in that court that is bringing charges against you that he knows he has no business bringing charges against you because there's no account to charge. And he's completely misinforming you, completely lying to you, completely bamboozling you on purpose. As I was saying before, is that it doesn't matter all the technical stuff. What does matter is the end result is that I'm not happy and I don't feel safe. And that's, that's really true, you want to get into it. That's all you need to say. No, that's true. And Carl says that, you know, the office, like a policeman, he's perfect. You know, because they're perfect. They're a fictional character that's absolutely perfect. It's the man in the costume that's not doing the correct thing. Exactly. And you don't know that if you don't know the law that says what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. And this is something I've noticed. So I'm kind of mentioning it here. I felt really my, my friend in, um, you know, in Texas has been fighting her ass off. She's been in her writings even to say, well, the FBI came after me and, and the, the government did this and the government did that. Well, if you think about it, you start sounding like an anti-government person when in actual fact, that's not it at all. It's only certain people within. And this is what I've discovered. You, I went into court and I've talked to a number of people in the hallway. And they're perfectly pleasant and they have no idea that this corruption is going on. They actually hold honorable courts with, like I said, I told you a story about the judge that I was having a problem with the assault and battery with his two witnesses. I mean, here's this guy and, and his daughter. Oh, my God, and I'm just a nobody. And the judge, he says, try asking more specific questions. And once I did that, I was able to pixelate, and then the judge said, okay, I've heard enough. Case dismissed. That was it. You know, so there are a lot of honorable people out there. We need to start supporting the honorable people, and we need to recognize the fact that those people that are in office that have corrupted the office don't know that they're, what their oath of office, don't know what their duty is, is no different than a mechanic, like I've said before. If, would you continue, what would be your attitude with, uh, if you had a mechanic that didn't know his job? Would you sit there and say that the, the whole uh, um, um, uh, repair shop is bad and the business is bad? And everything? No, only if you went to the different mechanics and found out that none of them knew anything and then you went to the management and the management didn't care um, and you say, well, this business really sucks, and you'd probably write reports on it and try to get it shut down. Well, let's do the same thing here. Now, but I'm just trying to say I really feel led that what we need to do is start alienating those people that are doing improper behavior, and the only way to do that is to recognize and say, no, this is my house, and you've invaded my house. This is my government. This is this is." You know, this is my place. It's like somebody, I got in yelling the match, I don't know how many times long ago, somebody said that it's my highway. No, it's our highway. It's ours. It's not yours. It's not his. It's ours. It's ours collectively, and it, we have the right to travel on it freely. 
and we come first. The, the statutes say that when you actually read the statute, it tells you that we come first, open to the public for vehicular travel, whereas those that are going to engage in any kind of activity on it, the statutes are very clear. If you're getting compensated for transporting of passengers, then you need to pay these taxes, you need to have these licenses, and you come under these regulations. If you're transporting household um, furniture and goods and whatnot, you know, a mover, then you're going to be, you, you need to come under these. And if you're are transporting commodities, uh, you know, for like uh, giant food or any of the other ones, then you come under these other ones. And it makes, when you start reading it, you start getting shocked and you go, wait a minute, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. It's not as, the system itself is not corrupted. It's the offices, the people, the men that are in those offices that have corrupted the office. But if you are unwilling to to read it, you know, if you want to say, well, you know, I didn't sign the Constitution. Well, I didn't sign it either, but somebody signed it. Somebody created it. And, and you know, I'll tell you why I identify with this. I've created different groups. I've created different organizations. I've worked with different volunteer organizations and groups. And really good, loving, caring people got together. Um, like, for instance, look at the Peace Gardens. One, a really good friend of mine, Sue Drobin actually was one of the people who helped create, uh, the, it was a group of women who wanted to do something uh, in peace. And what they did is they go around the world and they get permission to plant uh, flowers and create these beautiful gardens, and they call them the peace gardens. That's all they do. They donate their funds, they donate their time, and, um, you know, and, and, and that's what they do. They bring peace. You know, it's just like, look at this garden. And when you start doing some of these, these volunteer things, and you get to know these people who their intentions are good. Um, like if you look at homeowners association, this particular one where I'm at right now is really good, and because it's not corrupt, it's one of the few that I've ever been around that where it wasn't corrupted. Because almost every homeowners association, it some asshole gets in position of power, and then they want to corrupt the position and tell everybody else what to do and and manhandle everybody, and then they realize that nobody's paying attention so they can steal money. So, you know, they start raising the fees and they don't keep an accounting and on and on and on. And I see a microcosm of the same thing in our government. i got to break in. i got to break in. You mentioned Carl Lentz. There's one thing that we discussed earlier. Actually, you mentioned your name, Colin, at the beginning of the call. There's one thing Carl Lentz doesn't do but wakes us up to is filing a claim. But if you have a claim against somebody, all that interrogatory stuff that you mentioned earlier in the deposition, there's no procedure on when or how to do it. We could really use some insight on the specifics of if you have a claim or if you have been injured, do you file a claim first and the interrogatory and little steps like that? That would be very beneficial, I do believe. All right. Well, let me add some new information, which is old information, but now it's new coming around because of this lady, Julie, uh, I've been texting her and going back and forth, and I found it, I reviewed it um, because I was mentioning to her that there's a lot of stuff that she's talking about that I've been putting out and a lot of stuff I studied years ago, blah, blah, blah. And I said, it, I said I've forgotten about the fact that we have to make a, a true bill. What's missing from them is a true bill, um, which uh, the way Carl Lynn says it is that who's the injured party? Same thing. It's ba basically the same thing. Who can swear? And I say the same thing differently. Who has firsthand knowledge of substantial evidence that, okay, whatever it is, that an entity, I, I go about it the long way, that an entity of the state exists. What I'm going after is where's the jurisdiction? That's all I'm really saying. But I'm doing it 
Because if you say, you don't have any jurisdiction, that never got me anywhere. So what I do is I do the pixelation. I go, okay, who has firsthand knowledge that an entity with this, under this name, whatever name that is, this title, exists? Because if it doesn't exist with a state, then there's no nexus, there's no relationship. So to answer your question, she said to me, she says, oh, did you just figure out the missing piece that you've miss, been missing all along? And what I just talked about was that we file our complaints, blah, 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 all the legalese stuff and so on and so forth. We do it quite well. And I actually was mentioning it. And we even list all of the injuries and so on, but we never give them a bill. We never give them a true bill. And she said, oh, and, and that's when she said, said, oh, you just discovered, your, you know, the, the, the missing piece? And so I thought about this over the last four days. I was like, holy crap. And then I remember in the audio that she did, she was mentioning that the proper way to do it, which is what they never do, is what do you need for a warrant? What have I always said a thousand times in the Constitution? That no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause confirmed by an affidavit. So if you're going to make a claim or you give them a bill, right, first you give them a bill, okay, before you make your claim, you, make, you give them a bill. Hey, this is what you What is a bill? Well, it's an itemization of the injuries and damages of the cost, or if somebody gives you an order and there's a fee for that, then, of course, you send them a bill. It's just Would like, that be the – sorry about that. Would that be the instrument uh, that they often talk about with the, with the, uh, on which relief can be granted is because no one has a bill? Is that the instrument, the bill's instrument it's on not, which relief? Basically, exactly, that's what it comes down to. That's why it's, it's called a 12B6, Exactly that 90% of the ones that Patriot Idiots put together is they complain, they moan, they bitch, they, and they do all this other stuff, and they point the finger and say, you committed this crime, this crime, you did this, you violated that, which is great, but they never state a claim upon which relief can be granted. And there's two sections to that. First, they must state a claim, and the second thing is the court must have the power to give relief, to grant relief. Now, the court grants its jurisdiction from you. If you haven't been injured, Somebody, there's no injured party, then the court doesn't have jurisdiction. That's basically what Lynch is talking about when it goes to it. I, I go about it a little bit differently, but it's, it's all the same damn thing. But the fact is what's missing is we do the same stupid thing. We don't make a claim and we don't offer a solution, a, a claim upon which relief can be granted. And, and, we, claim. and we don't empower the court. We don't show that the court has jurisdiction. How do we do that? Because we haven't first done the prerequisite. Hey, dude, you injured me. Here's the cost to pay up. Oh, guess no. what? You haven't paid me. You haven't In my previous? Huh? Sorry, I didn't know when to interject. If, if I don't, you get on a roll. I was, my experience talking to you now does a bill, a true bill or whatever, you, the relief that can be granted. That will also cover the equi- It would be an equitable claim now, wouldn't it? Exactly. Okay. So, and this is, goes back to also what uh, we're also going back again. All the stuff that was taught years ago that I was into, now it has more meaning because people are actually making sense out of it instead of just garbage gook where they were, people were hiding. You know, I got a little statement, a little ditty I came up with the other day. I said the devil, most people say the devil is in the details, right? And I came up with a little ditty and it goes like this, that the devil withholds the details. So all these people that were doing it to make money and doing seminars and to be needed and you need me, blah, 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 they're doing it. They're keeping the details from us specifically so that you have to feed, you have to go to them to get the solution. Or you're going to so, up. 
So I'm going to give you what I believe are the are the, the ABCs. Number one. Is the key thing? Go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you just started. Go ahead. Number one. The first thing you have to do is have an injury of some sort. You might, that Somebody must have done something to you to cause you pain, agony, injury, damage, or otherwise. Whatever term you want to use, okay? Um, uh, or, or what they call a trespass, okay? So there, what you need to do is how can they settle it? You're making an offer. Hey, you know, you, you kicked me in the shin. You cost me four stitches. I had to go to the doctor. It cost me this much plus a day's work. Here's the cost. What do you do? Think of it as an insurance thing. You have a car accident. If everyone thought about it, as the same procedure you go through in a car, if you had a car accident, the same exact thing. You go get three estimates, and then you sit there and you say, these are the three estimates, and I always offer to say, you know, I always offer to fix it, you know, or, or have my own shop to fix it as long as it passes their inspection. And I've actually done that. I had my car run into somebody else's car, and I messed up their bumper. I didn't have enough money or insurance, so I sat there and fixed it myself um, and to their satisfaction. So um, you've got to give them an offer, you know, what is it's going to fix it? So you've got to claim, hey, you injured me, here's my damages, and this is my loss of wages, whatever, and now you give them a bill, which is no different. Hey, this is what it costs me, uh, this, I'm passing it on to you. This is what, what you need to pay me to settle this matter. Now, there's two things that are happening once you do that. You're making a claim and you're giving them a bill. Now, what we don't do is when we do it in private, and which is, I believe, the missing link is, and I'm not positive, I'm just giving you what, what I learned from her, what she said, is you attach your affidavit to the bill. Attach your affidavit to the bill, which to me makes sense because, again, no warrant shall issue, but a probable cause supported by an affidavit. affidavit. So if you once you have an affidavit, you now can support your claim. Now it requires them to bring somebody forward who can sign and will sign and swear under oath that your affidavit is false or to other facts that show that your claim is untrue. So they're challenging your affidavit, which means that the bill is not is not certain yet. If they do not rebut or challenge or have an affidavit or evidence to the contrary that contradicts your affidavit, the facts that you specify, that you affirm, you're affirming, okay? That's what an affidavit is. You're the affiant. You're affirming. You're saying, yep, I saw it. I did it. I, I know of it. It happened to me, whatever. I saw it, whatever. And then that's why you want two witnesses, two other people that are going to witness, sign for you, uh, and witness that not just that you signed it, but as I, I said a couple months ago or weeks ago, whatever it was, I believe now that we also want that witness to say, I know this person. I have personal knowledge of this person, and I know them to be true and, and good and honorable. So now you have somebody who is witnessing to your honor. You have uh, 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 um, your signature on it, which, which is basing, making your claim. You have your affidavit. They now have to bring forth equal force. They have to come forth with an affidavit signed by somebody who can say, yes, this man tells the truth, he's a good and honorable man, and now you have a controversy, which you say, hey, uh, you disagree with me. Yeah, I don't agree with you. Or somebody says, now, I'm going to go through three, se uh, three separate scenarios. Number one, the other party says, okay, fine, can we negotiate? I don't have the money. Can I pay you, you know, uh, $50 a week for the next 15 weeks? Whatever it is. And you say, okay, fine. Offer, counteroffer, 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 acceptance, acknowledgement. There we go. Boom. All right. 
Um, the other side is they ignore you. So they have not rebutted it. They have not challenged it. They have not brought forth an affidavit. But because you have brought a claim to them, because you brought them a true bill and it was supported by an affidavit, you have a claim upon which relief can be granted and you've given them what is needed. This is upon which relief can be granted. You've given them what is needed to make this whole, to make yourself whole. And that key word, to make yourself whole. As I mentioned before one time with the insurance company, um, I helped the guy out because the insurance company was going to give him $400. I said, that's not going to replace the car that he had. Maybe the, the blue book value of the car is only $400. Fine. But that's not the issue. Your job is to make him whole. Put him back in the position he was before your client ran into it. And then the, I got a question. I was only interject because I got first-hand knowledge with a lot of people in the group of what they've experienced from Carl. Now, when you're asking for your your whole or your compensation, you only want to be honorable in private and ask for what is due, not not an extreme amount. And he said that, like, if it does go to court, then the judge and the jury can award you more if if needed. Is it, what do you think? Exactly what I was going to get to. I, I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. I'm on scenario number one. So scenario number one is you have created a bill, you've got an affidavit to support the bill, your claim, and you've given a remedy, a reasonable remedy. As you just stated, as I just stated before, I didn't say anything about penalty damages or anything else. Only that which you've lost, your day, your time, your effort, whatever it is. And most of the time uh, we find that we don't... um, Unless the person was malicious, and that's where you get into the criminal side of it. If there is malicious intent, now you get into um, pain and suffering and agony. Now you may, if it's negligent, that's another form that they that you can claim more money because you have pain and suffering. If it's an accident, there was no no malicious intent. There was no uh, um, 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 uh, what's it called uh, negligence or gross negligence on their part. Then you really, you know, we all make mistakes. We, you know, we're quote unquote human. All right, we make mistakes. So you should only make the claim for the damages that would make you whole, put you back at least reasonably where you were before. We all have scars, and they all heal to an extent. We all tell stories about it, how we how we injure ourselves, but we don't sue ourselves. That's that's issue number one. So the person then says, okay, that's reasonable, and I'm going to go ahead and settle with you. And I've had that many times. And they settle with you, and it's a done deal. You fulfill your obligation, or they fulfill their obligation to you, and it's it's good. Instant number two, they ignore you. They don't respond at all. You now you now notice them that you have because maybe they didn't get it. So you now notice them uh, in a different manner with a little more. Uh, uh, how should we say? With more uh, in intensity to ensure that they actually receive your documentation. So you're now basically letting them know, hey, I sent you a bill. I sent you the affidavit. Have you received it? So now you're asking for some response, any response, asking if they received it or not. And that's when you do the green card and require them to sign it. Uh, or actually, oh, Excuse me, Colin? Yes? Um, you know, when you said to be whole and complete, um, yeah. Carl, <coughs> excuse me, Carl also mentioned about whole and complete, you know, and he went into a story about a, a, a ranger that was actually shot, you know, a man who, a, a ranger shot a man um, 
and the wife went for compensation and she said, to be whole and complete, I want this much money. Um, he said, be careful when you say whole and complete because if you do say whole and complete, you do not budge one cent, you do not move one iota from that price because if you do, that will, it just wipes out your whole claim. Absolutely. Absolutely, except you can you can negotiate. You know, if you said I need two million five hundred seventy five dollars and fifty five cents to make me whole, and they make a counter offer of only one million, but they're going to give you a house that they happen to have, or a, or, or a horse, or whatever it is that would make you happy, you can renegotiate. There's nothing saying you can't negotiate a, a, a settlement. When you make your claim, yes, you don't want to waiver from it if this is what would make you whole. You don't want to then turn around and increase it. Now, I'm going to get to that too. So scenario number two, I think, is where we're at. Scenario number two, so now you you find a way to make sure that they have received it. And now you go into what's called dishonor. They are in dishonor because you now have assured. The first time you can't assume and presume that they've actually received it. So you need to ensure, uh, and you might go to great lengths. You might actually have them served, not necessarily for the court thing, but if you wanted to, you could actually have them served with papers, um, with, the, with the original papers that, hey, this is it, da 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 And then if they continue to ignore you, now you're adding this to their bill because they're causing you problems by ignoring you. You now can um, say, because you have ignored me, you're causing me more stress more anxiety, I'm not getting settled here, I'm not being made whole, I don't know what to do, I'm left hanging, whatever. You can now let them know once again that, hey, the bill is going up, okay? And I don't want to go to court, but I will if I have to. So you notice them, again, I believe it's three times, of their default, that they have failed to um, um, make, make you whole, they failed to negotiate, they failed to even communicate with you. So now you have jurisdiction. You had jurisdiction because they immediately that they injured you or caused you a damage or whatever. You automatically had damage. I mean, you had a jurisdiction. When you go to court, you are granting the court your jurisdiction because you're asking the court, you're asking a greater force to please step up and help you to cause a, a settlement to be made so that you may be made whole. So you're, that's what's going on here. And that's why the courts don't have, you know, this is the biggest problem that we have. The courts assume they have jurisdiction when in actual fact the only way a court has jurisdiction is if you have jurisdiction first. That's why when you go in there and say, well, who, who's the injured party? What you're actually asking was what, what gives this court, what grants this court jurisdiction? Okay, because who's the injured party? Without an injured party, that court doesn't have jurisdiction. End of story. So you are an injured party. You now are forced to go into the court and request the court, please work on your behalf. And that's what your opening statement is. I said, I never see this in people who lose cases. I never see them making a statement requesting this court's assistance. And yet, it's been in every one of my filings because I, you know, I, I learned a long time ago that you need to uh, make a request to the court for their assistance. I identify who I am. Um, I identify what law it is that I want this court to act under, and I'm requesting this court, this court's assistance, 
basically to in the in the in my interest in this in the case it's called in my interest. Is there a the form? Do you use huh? their form for that? Is there a form for that? Like at the no, first it's something, it's something, No, it's just something. It's the the thing comes now or now comes whoever. Um, I you know make up your own. It's your writing. You're the man. I agree. I but who do you? How how would you stylize? It? Like who do you address it to? Like just to send it to the clerk? No, that no, that's that's a uh, that's a um, uh, precipice that you give to the clerk. The clerk is there to work for you, and you request the court to do certain. You request the clerk to do certain things with your filing, with your document, to get it on the docket, in order to get uh, uh, you know a a jury or a if you're willing to have a judicial officer adjudicate and say, okay, yes, I find that you have a claim here that's a valid claim, and this person has not responded to it, this man has not responded to it, uh, and then they, and then they'll, you know, actually what you do is you, uh, you are creating your own court, and you're requesting the court clerk to subpoena them, so you have the power of the court now, you have the power of the court behind you, that if they fail to show up um, uh, to the first hearing, which is usually a preliminary hearing, that's what it is, a preliminary hearing, hey, what do we got, what do we got, what do we got? And um, and then the preliminary hearing will be determined. Yes, there is something of substance and value here, and we're going to go ahead and move this and set a trial date. Uh, and and of course, between then and then, you go and do your discovery. And so man, on. you got some good wisdom coming out tonight. Good good stuff. Uh, how does the court determine jurisdiction? I mean, you grant them jurisdiction, but do they normally go by the address or the uh, subject matter? Uh, I've never had any experience well, in that. You have to have two things. It's like you have to have the two things. You have subject matter jurisdiction and you also have to have persona jurisdiction. So the first thing that there has to be there is has to be the subject matter. For instance, if it has to do with um God just let's literally a small claims court. Small claims court would be let's say under ten thousand dollars and in different states it might be under two thousand. So that the district court would have jurisdiction. If it was over $10,000, the district court might say, we don't have jurisdiction over that. We, You have to go to the circuit court. So you would then refile it, the same thing. Just your claim would be in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a circuit court instead of a district court because they, they have limited abilities. So um, um, those are issues we can just, you know, you, have, you can discuss that at length, but I'm just trying to get through this first so you can get the principle here. So if you don't have... One of the first things when you file a claim, we all need we file a complaint. Okay, it's called a complaint, is what you call it, or, or you become the plaintiff. Um, or you file your claim and you say, "Hey, I was injured," and you give the details. But I also noticed that very few people ever ever issue or file with it an affidavit supporting their claim. Now, technically, according to Rule Nine, is it Rule Nine or Rule Eleven, Federal Rules of Procedure? Anyone who signs, look it up, anyone who signs a document is in essence signing as if sworn under oath. But I also am inclined to believe that we need to put into that case, hey, here's the bill that I created, that I, and here's the affidavit that was attached to it that was sent to them. And it was sent here, here, and here, and here. And they failed to respond. They failed to challenge it. They failed to deny it. So it's a matter of law. That's a matter of fact. Now, it's going to be redone de novo, essentially. They're going to redo it. The court's going to give them an opportunity to rebut your um, um, what the court assumes in a civil case. It is assumed everything you're saying is true until the other side 
rebuts it sufficiently to push it past the 50-degree mark, the 50% mark. Then the burden of proof goes to you in civil case. In criminal case, the burden of proof is always on on the uh, the prosecutor's side, whoever's prosecuting the case. The burden of proof is always on them. But in a civil case, it's the other way around. The presumption is, is that no man, because, and this goes back to um, the way courts used to be, is that if you brought a false claim and you could not win, in other words, if you lose the case, the other person never had to bring a counterclaim like we do today. If you lost the case, you had to pay the other side three times automatically without them proving anything. All it meant was that you didn't prove your case. So it, because of that, it was assumed that nobody would bring a case, be foolish enough to bring a case under false charges. So the court assumes, and you'll see this throughout a lot of court cases, that they say that the court presumes that what you have filed is true until there's sufficient evidence to show that it possibly is not true, then the burden of proof comes on to you. All right? But you, there's a line, a delineation. i got a question That's, about that. Huh? i got a question about that. Carl has mentioned as well, sometimes it's good to be a plaintiff because all you have to do is shut your mouth and let them prove their case. What are they looking for to prove their case? Like if you're a judge, are you looking for some kind of record documents or affidavits? Is it the procedure? What, what would you be uh, looking for to prove your case? What, when you're a plaintiff or a defendant? You're the plaintiff and you have to prove your case. What What is the court looking for? No, that's what I'm trying to explain to you is that as the plaintiff, if you present, in fact, if you go to federal court, it can just even be almost general. You, you go look at it. In fact, they changed it. They changed it a couple years ago. It used to be uh, possible, and it was changed recently to plausible, which is a much higher standard. Not super, but it's still considered to be much higher. It, it's not just that it was possible what you're making a claim that they did this and this and this. And then through discovery, it will be proven whether it actually happened or not. Okay? That's what people don't, you really need to get your head, but that's in, in federal. In most state courts, you need to present sufficient evidence or facts, let's put it that way. You need to at least assert. That's why it's called asserting facts. You assert, this guy kicked me in the knee, blah, 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 blah. And you do it, you assert it in your documents, and then if you're smart, you're going to have the elements necessary, which is an affidavit swearing to it. That's why I tell everybody, the moment something happens, no matter what it is, make an affidavit and, and sign it. In that, in, in that scenario, in that scenario with no rebuttal by a defendant, it would, I think it, would it be called a preponderance of the evidence? Is that what it's no. called? No, you haven't got no. to that yet. Okay. What you have, so, what you called filing a prima facie case, which is you've got it there, and the other side let let's let me finish with a scenario and all this will be explained. You'll you'll get it all once I go through this three different scenarios. So you're in court, so now you've 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 created a file, you've cre- you've got your claim, and the other side um again fails to even answer your complaint. Okay? They haven't answered it, they don't respond to it at all. You can get what's called a default judgment. By default, because they haven't um, answered, they haven't responded, they haven't challenged anything you said, you can get a default judgment. Now, default judgments are very weak, very, very weak. Um, and they can come back at any time and challenge it and so on. So they're not real strong, but sometimes they carry the day, which is a, a summary judgment is different. That's where the other side, you have made challenge, you have made certain statements. The other side comes back, and like you'll see this in the, in this other case, 
the other side comes back, particularly in foreclosures, you'll see this all the time, where they don't deny anything you said. What they do is they throw crap at you. They throw mud up. They throw distraction. And the reason is because they can't deny what you've said. And this is where most people fall for this crap. And what you have to do is, like in this case where she's, you know, like I say, she's relaxed again because I said, look, I keep asking her every time I talk to her, have they denied the things that you stated about them? No. Have they denied? No. Have they denied? No. Why? In a slander case, they must deny, number one, and show that what the statements that they made were false. That's the first thing that has to be done in order for a slander case. Because if I say, if you say something and, it, and it's true, how can it be slander if it's true? So those are, and, and then we get into different levels. You have what's called the affirmative defenses. So the affirmative defenses is when you first say, hey, they failed to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. There's no jurisdiction of the court. All those things are affirmative. That we haven't got to the issues yet. And you can actually go to capacity. As I said, there was a case where the guy filed a case. The court said, hey, he's got standing um, without us actually looking at the evidence. But it clearly looks like there's certainly uh, he has standing to bring the case, but he doesn't have capacity because he's coming in under the wrong, on the wrong issue. So those are all those things which is called due process of law, which we set up so that people can't make false charges against us, false claims against us. Okay, so you sit there and say, well, hold on a minute. And that's why I tell people one of the most powerful things you can do is to do a general denial. If you're innocent of something or the person is lying, you do a general denial of all of the things that they've stated. Now, what that does, it causes them to now have to prove everything that they've stated because you've done a general denial. And you can then, if you want, you can attack each one individually. So that's kind of, what, you want me to go in the other room? All right, hold on a minute. Well, there's just the way I talk because I get excited. Hold on a minute. Let me move. Let me move the room because I'm disturbing somebody. Oh, boy. Go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm getting kicked out of the room into the living room. So... Okay, so um, so you you can get a default judgment at this point because they haven't responded. They've dis- disrespected you. They've now disrespected the court, and the court says, "Okay, um, that's we don't need necessarily evidence because the other side has not rebutted anything and has not challenged anything and hasn't said that anything you said is false." So you get a default judgment, and then you actually have to go and get an enforcement order. So just because you get a judgment and it's like, yep, we agree, uh, you made a claim, it looks reasonable, um, we don't see anything wrong with it, uh, they haven't challenged it, so you're, you're due $2,000. And then you go, woohoo, I won the case, oh, yahoo, and you go home, and then you sit there and realize about three weeks later that you don't have any money coming to you. So you have to go back to the court, and you have to require the court to use its powers to um, enforce the judgment. And that's a different that's a different thing, which is which if you think about it in criminal cases, first you're found guilty, and then afterwards they have well, what's the judgment? What's the penalty? What's the punishment? So that's another thing that, that people miss. Uh, me and when I say people, I'm talking about me. I miss this. Like, well, wait a minute. And and like for instance, when I did things with uh, with, with tenants, I, I learned very quickly to pay the extra hundred fifty dollars, and I can get both a judgment as well as what's called a money judgment at the same time. Um, and it was just the way, it, that's just the way that worked. 
So remember that there's different processes that you have to get the court now to, to make an order causing them cause for action, a cause. You're causing the court to do something on your behalf. So first you get the verdict in your favor where the court says, yeah, that's reasonable, makes sense, okay, whatever, and you get that verdict. Now, uh, let's break it down. So let's say that they challenge. They say, oh, you're full of shit. I never kicked you. I was never in the area, da-da-da-da-da. Now you go through the process. Of, now, the court's not looking at anything at this point. It's not gone into court. Nothing's happening. You might have a status hearing, which is like, well, what's going on? Where are we? And you go through a process called discovery. He says, I kicked him in, it kicked him in the shin, and I didn't kick him in the shin. Or you could say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I kicked him in the shin when I was falling over backwards when he pushed me off the boat. So, you know, the injury was a direct result of what he did. So you have, it's not quite a counterclaim, but it's a reasonable defense. could be a cross-complaint. Let's say that, uh, that you know, like, for instance, in this, in this slander case, um, uh, Deborah is the one who was originally the one who was slandered here. And uh, under the uh, Oregon laws, she went and looked at it. She says, before you bring an action into the court, you're required to let them know the statements that they made that were slanderous and give them an opportunity to remove it. Well, the moment that she did that, staying in honor, he went straight to court because he's a criminal. He went straight to court, used the court that he knew was corrupted, used the judge he knew was corrupted, and got a default judgment on her lickety split. The whole thing was corrupted as hell. Okay. So there's been a fight for the last two years ever since trying to eke back Eek back, eek back, eek back, and get rid of the. We're getting rid of the default judgment, the fifty thousand dollar judgment, which is absolutely ridiculous, um, and on and on and on. So we've been. This is the corruption that we've been fighting, which is why I've been trying to share with you, you know, the corruption. But I'm just talking about how it's supposed to work. So it's supposed to work is that you say you kicked me in the knee. He says no, I didn't. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Okay. You do discovery, and those are the tools that are out there for every court case that you want to use. Okay, fine. I'm going to do admission statements. You, I want to, you to admit that you were in this, in this state, in this time, in this place, at the restaurant, on the boat, wherever it was, at such and such a place and such and such a time. So through these questions, I can get you to admit at least to certain facts. And if they deny it, here's the reason that you want to do discovery. If they deny certain things, and you have evidence that they were there and they deny it, now you're showing that they're, they're, they are engaged in lying or fraud. They're defrauding the court. And that works very heavy in your favor. You say, Your Honor, uh, you know, I gave them the admissions. They lied to the court about this, and I have the evidence that they actually were there at the, at the time, and I have witnesses to this. So this is what discovery is all about. You're going and getting facts that you can prove that you claim, you claim you first made assertions, you asserted it, now you're going through the process of proving it. And that whole process is a, is, can be a long and arduous process, but it allows you to go and prove your case with evidence, with evidence that's other than just you making your claim, other than just your affidavit. You now need to prove that, you, that your claims are correct because they have an affidavit and they said, oh, no, I was never there. Now, once you're able to prove that, you now, of course, then you go to trial. And trial, if you think about it, is just that. It is trying the facts, the claims. Everyone's making this claim. But 99.9% .9 of that has already been done in your paperwork. The theater is just that. It's laying it all out and showing 
hey, I'm going to bring you on the stand. I'm going to say, wait a minute, you said here and now you're saying this. So I'm going to depose you. I'm going to show that you're a liar, that you'll lie under oath. And that's how you win. And a lot of times why you, you get a judgment in your favor is, is simply because you can show that they lied. They lied sufficiently that they can't be trusted. So as a result, now all their affidavits, and then you do a motion to strike. These, these are techniques. It's just like, like anything else. Oh, inter, you know, he intercepted. Yeah, but he had one foot out of bounds. Oh, let's review. Okay, let's look at the review. Oh, he was. He was had a foot out of bounds. Okay, it was not an interception. Bring it back to the third down. You guys know all this stuff in, in, in the sports. I don't know why everyone's so, oh, poo-poo, I don't want anything to do it. You do this every day in your life. You know, you do your CD. Oh, that's not the cut I want. Let me move it to this part. Oh, that's the song I want. You do it, you know, oh, wait a minute. That's not the way I want my hair. Let me move this over here. No, that's not where the part is. We're always constantly correcting ourselves all day long. We trip, we fall, we get back up. We do something doesn't work. We try something. A, 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 a light bulb goes out. We go get a light bulb. This is life. There's nothing new here. It's, not, it's just a different process that we're using. So you use discovery to prove that what you're saying is true. You can bring in witnesses. Well, you know, who first, again, have first-hand knowledge. You can depose the other side. Uh, you can show evidence. You can show receipts. So that's another thing. So here's your simple claim. I made a claim. I gave them a bill. They refused to settle the matter. Here is the evidence where I sent them a mail. I have uh, uh, an affidavit of mailing that goes. That's why you always have an affidavit of mailing every time when you mail something to the other side. A quick question, a topical. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And you, so you do, you now can show the court that you've been in honor, you've done all the things in the private that you should have done, you've given them plenty of opportunities, they haven't rebutted the facts, they haven't said, oh, no, I wasn't there, no, I didn't kick you in the knee, they haven't rebutted anything. And basically it's a cut and dry case, and, and you win and you get it. The other one is where they challenge it. You go through discovery. You show that you were right, that they were lying. You win your case. Now you're going to sue them for reasonable fees, right, because it's cost you extra time, effort, energy, and extra money for you to go and sue them for because they were lying. They were lying when you were right all along. They should have come forth and they should have paid you and so on and settled the matter. So now you can add those on there. Now, if during this process or if during whatever it was, they broke the law, now you can get into different sections where they actually broke a law in engaging in harming you, and then you can get penalty damages, particularly if it's a corporation. If it's a corporation or any entity of the state, the state can award damages to you as well as penalty damages, and the reason for that is in order for that persona, that entity of the state, to continue in business, it has, it's going to pay the penalty damages, or guess what we're going to do? We're going to pull their corporate charter. Now, obviously, a man can't have his corporate charter pulled because he's a man. So you might have penalty damages that aren't going to be the same, or you might end up serving jail time. If it, but you now have to go to the prosecutor to get that. So those are the scenarios that I can think of offhand. Go ahead. What's your I got, specific question? Yes. This is based, you know, a lot of my questions are based on listening to lots and lots of Carl and lots of you. Um, he talks about a claim. You know, a man does have a claim. However, there seems to be always a conversion to a complaint. It's called a complaint. So I'm curious in your experience with all this uh, stuff you're talking about, in the court's eyes, does it not become... Is it not really a claim until everything is parsed out? 
Okay, listen to what a 12B6 is. What is a 12B6? Failure to state a complaint? No. Failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. You're always stating a claim. If you don't state a claim, there's no relief. That's the whole point. What these prosecutors are doing, no, there's no claim. So the first thing you want to do is, is assert your affirmative defense. And, hey, failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. Who's the claim? I, I see your, uh, I see your, uh, I see your point there. What, what I'm getting at, though, is what we've seen in the documents that Carl and others mentioned is they always shows up on their documents as a complaint. You know what I'm saying? Because the reason is that's the first clue that you're in the wrong court. You're in administrative court where you only they only listen to complaints that what that you are complaining against some some in an administrative way. You're not Let me clarify. You haven't made a claim. You're making a complaint, and you want let, to get. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. I'm sorry. Um, the twelve B six part that you mentioned is usually an end result or an end decision, but before it gets to there. Isn't the complaint all about the uh, procedure or the uh, steps that you mentioned? It's a complaint no. until the final judgment? No, 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 no. Okay, a okay. The claim is a claim, and that's the whole point. But here's what, okay, I'm going to give you the scenario. You, you complain about something. You say, oh, um, for instance, let's say that I'm a public servant and I have failed to do my duty, and you want to make a complaint about that. So that's what you're going to do. And... You're going to sit there and say, hey, I'm making a complaint, and um, as a result that you might, if you're smart, you might be able to kind of somewhat sort of put in a claim in there that, you know, he didn't do his duty, and because he didn't do my, his duty, you know, I missed my bus, and it caused me an inconvenience, you know, whatever. That sounds like a whiner complainer, and you can win a complaint against a public servant, okay? That's why it's called a complaint, and that's why you know you're an administrative court. But if you made a proper claim, um, your complaint, if you think about it that way, your complaint is the fact that they have not acted in honor. That's your complaint. You have a claim. Your complaint to the court is you're complaining to the court that, hey, I have a claim. I sent them a bill. Um, I let them know that I was that you know I was willing to settle, and they haven't responded to me. So you're there crybabying and complaining to the court. If this guy hasn't acted in honor, and would you please help me uh, straighten this guy out and, and so, do what he's supposed to do? So right quick, what, in theory, couldn't the, the the actual claim be in the details as well as the uh, devil? It's in the are, details, you, but... are you talking about a statutory claim or a common law claim? Exactly. If he goes to court is what I'm saying. If you can't sell it in private. Because I think what's going on is Collins' process is statutory, whereas Carl's is common law. So it, it, which, which process are you doing? And But what I'm also saying is that even if you do statutory, it begins in common law. You've got to have a common law. If you don't have a claim, claim is common law. Statutory is, a, is exactly what you're saying. It's a complaint. Statutory, you begin statutory. But you, ha if you're going to have a claim, you have to have a claim. Otherwise, why would they use that word? Failure to state a claim. So all everything starts in common law. The whole point is, if you wanted to stay in common law, I guess you'd go get your your own bullies and you you take matters into your own hand, or you 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 know go out there and and slap them in the in the face with a glove, and you do common law. You know, we shoot and then we get a sword and we fight. That's common law. Common law. 
The whole idea of civilized, what they call civilized law is to go to a court and you grant the court jurisdiction, which is people that have absolutely no interest in your case whatsoever, and you can bring a, a jury together, and you basically, it's agreed, the two of you are agreeing that you're adversaries, but you don't want to pull out guns and stay in common law and shoot each other, because that's common law. You hurt me, you injured me, you, you've hurt my, you, you know, you've assaulted me, insulted me, whatever. I'm not taking that shit anymore, and either you live or I live. Either you die or I die. One or the other one's dying. Because I don't want to continue life this way. I'm either going to kill you or you're going to kill me. But one way or the yep. other, we're going to take care of this in common law. So you go common get law, and you go get law, them, and you try to kill each other. Common law doesn't mean you kill your brother. I don't know where that came from, but that's not true at all. I don't have to kill my neighbor to be in common law. That's kind of ridiculous if you think about hey, it. Hey, Mike, Mike, even Carl has mentioned what he's talking about. It's so we don't have to shoot each other anymore. If it comes to that, keep the tempers calm. Yeah, but you, you, yeah. Common, common law can be anything. It doesn't have to result in death. What, no, well, what, I, what I, common I, law is talking about is if you can't law, resolve the matter. It's a figure yeah, of speech. You have, it's it's a, a figure, of, figure of speech, that's all. It's a figure of speech. Nobody wants to hurt anybody. Yeah, if you can't settle it privately in common law, that's what he's saying. You have a higher statutory way to do it. Yeah. Your statutory is not above common law. No. Statutory statutory courts are public servants. The man is never below the public servant. Mike, Mike, it's actually in the Bible too. What what we're talking about, what Carl talks about. If you can't settle it privately, then you have these people that are there to secure the these pri- rights. The priest. You're not going to the church. You're going to a statutory estate. Statutory. But these are the steps he's telling you. He's, he's doing good. He's actually... Yes, but, but, yeah. but the difference is in the Bible, you go to your brother while you're in the way with him. You work the deal out before he drags you over to the officer or whatever, whatever. But he, he brings you to the priest. He doesn't bring you to the state. But there's it goes into further details. If you can't resolve it, there's more steps to it than just doing that and and the the government that we've instituted to secure these rights is okay, there for so, our benefit so you're saying okay i'm trying to get this clear so you're saying a common law is you go to the priest and then the priest what he has some armed men that are going to come to your house and make sure I'm you talking, settle them i'm talking thousands of years ago we're talking about the bible remember well actually i thought we were talking about oh hey hey guys can, can I in, in today's world of, uh, in today's world. That's what I thought we were talking about, and I was trying to help out as to reality today in 2000. Can I cut in for a second? Yeah, please do. This, this business about bringing, uh, going uh, to uh, the elders, and they were not priests, uh, that had to do with uh, immoral actions. Talking about... Uh, elders or the senators? Before God. So what Mike was talking about is agree with thine adversary, before he brings you before the magistrate. Elders were senators back in those days. We have the same system here, but if it gets that far. But there's some okay, to be separation between history. Are we talking history now, or I mean, you know, I'm a little confused. I mean, I, you asked me a question. I'm only trying to help with what I know that works for me, and that is is working for other people as well. And I'm. You know, if I, again, and I'll say it a thousand times, in fact, the last show he got cut off, I'll say it at the beginning, I'll say it at the middle, and I'll say it at the end. The moment that somebody can give me a a 30, 40, 50-page or 150-page, I don't care, book 
booklet that says Common Law for the Dummies, and I can go read it, and I can go, step one, do this. Step two, do that. Step three, do that. And then I go through all these 300 steps or 30 steps, whatever it is, and I do them exactly as told, and I'm going to walk out there, and I'm going to get remedy every time, and I'm not going to have any problems in the courthouse and everything else. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to share it with everybody out there. I'm going to tell everybody about it. I'm going to teach it all night and all day long. But guess what? I don't have that little booklet. You want to write it for me? I would love you to read it. You know why? Because the, un- uh, the common law is unwritten. Everybody knows what's right and wrong. God wrote the law. God, so what you're saying, God, anything that's God written is not common law. God, that's just, this concept God, is, is stupid. God, you're saying, oh, wait a minute, that's no longer common law because they wrote it. Hey, guys. Common law is God unwritten. Wrote, God hey, wrote the law on the hearts of men. Everybody knows what's wrong. Call, if you know what you're doing is wrong, it's wrong. Call him, my brother. If I can act as mediator. I know where Mike's going with this. Mike, what he's saying is when it when you can't resolve it, Come along private way, and it goes into the public. You now have the power of your community to agree with you. Okay, if well, it the goes into the, the public. The power of the community is not the power of the government-run court. Yes, it is. It's not a government-run court. It's there for you if you can't resolve it privately, and that's where he's going to. He's, he's on fire tonight. He's a lot of good wisdom coming up to call him. The statutory court? Yeah, but Roddy, the, the system's corrupt is what we're saying here. Because you don't dictate it. You're not the director. You need to step in as a man and start making it work for you. I'm not saying the system's corrupt. Well, that was the point I was trying to say. It's not the system. When you start looking at the system that was created to help us get remedy and stay in honor, when you begin to look at it, you say, it's it's not the system. It's actually certain people or men or women that are in these positions that have corrupted the positions so that you cannot get yes. remedies. You're the I one who I refuse. I, I restate that. That's right. But the they, the men and women corrupt the system. That's right. They didn't, they didn't corrupt the system. The system is the same. Mike, the man. Mike. The man. The, listen. The man acted out of line. He acted out of character. He did something he's not supposed to do. Mike. He stepped out of his statutory boundaries. Exactly. That's what we're it's saying. Got we're agreeing. To do, it's got nothing to do with the system. Mike. The system is written out. It's clearly laid out. It's very expressed. Mike, let they me specify this if I can. There's a yep. presumption that if two people try to act stuff out in private and they can't, the civil way to do things is to go into the public courts. And okay, that is which, automatic which, jurisdiction that you can't is, handle your affairs. Why, if you go into the public courts, why are you talking about going to the statutory court? It's The statutes are there to tell the courts, the public courts, the servants, the steps to follow. The public court the, or the statutory court? It's the same. The public, public is it's statutory. The it's the yes, same? They, need, uh-uh. they, have, they have statutes uh-huh. to tell them how to proceed. So you're saying the people of the government? No, if we can't resolve an issue, Mike, then we can take it into the public and let we, our peers we, be the judge. You mean we, the people, the citizens, right? Because no, I'm not one of the people. It's getting the community on your side. What community? I see what the problem is here. Mike, whatever is not happened? Whatever Mike happened to self-government? He's not one of the people. 
He doesn't want to be one of the people. He's not one of the people. He has his own community. He has his own law. And that's great. That's fantastic. Please tell me where you live, and I'm going to come join your society where everything is happy-go-lucky and never anything ever happens. Oh, Gilligan's Island, yeah. What, What are you talking about? I don't live on an island. I don't live in some weird community. I govern myself. You just That's got it. to saying that you're not part of the people. You're not one of the people. Yeah, I'm not one of the people of the state of whatever. I'm you not started the to call. citizen. Respectfully, Mike, you started the call talking about your landlord. And if it gets to a point where you're not doing things in the agreement, he can either shoot you, which you don't want, or no, he, he can take you to court. He can't shoot me. Where do you come up with this shit? How can he shoot me? I may go to jail, but I can still do where, it. Where, can where, do it. Where, where in the common law does it say you can go around shooting people? You'll be, you'll be dead. You won't need to worry about that. How is that common law? <laughs> that's, that's, that's not common that law. What's happen is you're going to do something that's going to piss me off, and I'm going to go, you common son of a bitch, and okay. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> that's common law. That's unlawful. And then, it, then, he'll go, then, then he'll be charged with manslaughter, that's, and he'll go before the jury, and they'll decide if his actions were acceptable or not. Okay, well, that's retarded. You're saying the common law way of doing it is my landlord's allowed to shoot me and go to prison for, for, for the purpose of this call. For the purpose Dude, of this call, can call it continue? Think, about how, think Colin, about how retarded that is. Colin's oh, giving some good wisdom tonight. He's on part number yeah. two. He's, uh, he's almost done. Gentlemen, calm down. You're worse than a bunch of women. Oh, this is good stuff. I don't under, I don't understand how you think that is common law, where my landlord can come and shoot me and go to prison for it. My but you have common law is a procedure. Find common law because it's unwritten; it can't be found anywhere. So that, uh, that's you say common law to me. I go, well, you're a common son of a bitch. I'm going to shoot you in the knee. And if you okay, keep on being common, now, I'm going to shoot you. Why, why are you guys being okay? Why, so, why, so your why, definition why, of my why, common law why, is that it's retarded. My definition of your common law is that it's ignorant. We're shy. We're shy. Why are you guys getting all bent out of shape and saying the absolute most ridiculous things you can think of? Cheyenne, tell Mike to do He's turning your shit back on you because your shit you're makes th- sense. But, but listen, I'm, I'm, bringing up, I'm bringing up valid points, and now you're saying, oh, you're a common law son of a bitch, and I can shoot you. Uh, how, how is that an intelligent exactly thing because you haven't defined common law. You're just poo-pooing everybody else's law. You haven't defined it. Define what? it. Come on, what? let's do it. Define Shut it. You fuck face. Don't stop yelling at me. You want me to define it? Ask. I'm not your child and I'm not your dog, so stop yelling at me. Friends, um, this is really sounding pretty bad. Like if, if you want me to define something, you can ask me to define it. You don't have to be a dick. Okay, define it. I, I don't like really to want you to because I already think you're a dick. Okay, well, whatever. Stop it. That's fine. Stop it. This is sounding really babbled, and uh, if I was an outsider uh, or a newbie or, uh, you know, somebody newer, old woman uh, or old man listening, like, I couldn't understand this. This is too confusing. It's, it's very babbled. Um, yeah, let's like continue. Or have no face of the noon, you know. One, one at a time, and uh, let's take it easy here. Let's I don't understand how we can have an intelligent conversation when you guys just want to talk about shooting each other and saying you're a common law son of a bitch and I'm going to shoot you. No, we're how, not how, resolved. How, okay. how are we supposed okay. to stretch that into an intelligent conversation? Okay. Let's let's uh, let's just 
take one thing at a time here and and uh, one opinion at a time. Basically. We're talking about resolving that old common system. That's how we used to do it in the old days, I guess, in the West. Yeah, it, yeah. We don't want to do that no more. You know, like, what we're all working here together. We're all working here together trying to uh, work on this system, and it's the system that's driving us nuts, right? Hey, Mike, you're still in my thunder. I'm supposed to be the antagonist. Okay, it's it's the system that's that's driving us crazy. It's it's trying to bring us down, um, and it's working all the time. Like you just don't understand, you don't believe in the Bible and the Spirit and all this kind of stuff. But even among our shows, even among our shows, you know, it's trying to bring us down. Even among ourselves, you know. So let's let's try and be cool. And um, I'm gonna mute out. I love you guys. Yeah, love you too, Roddy. We're all trying. We're all after the same thing. You know, we're all trying to uh, work together and 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 help each other and and uh, you know give each other strength, sort of thing. And and uh, you know we've we've got this spirit that's really trying to drive us nuts. So we just have to think. Okay, let's let's think like brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and let, let's just try to keep calm and and work together and and uh, just say okay how can we make this work like you know what I mean uh, I totally I'm, I've just been really interjecting because uh, I felt that I was being challenged no and I found that let me let me let me express myself and then we can discuss whether I'm right or wrong. Well, here's here's where I'm having a problem. I have a man who is basically telling me that, not using the exact words, but basically saying that it has nothing to do with him. And I never said it did. Number one. Number two, I'm looking to try and help other people, including myself, have solutions that work actually really work in practicality. And yet I have somebody telling me that common law is not written. So the moment my mind automatically says, okay, I'm basically kind of a scientist here, I go, okay, so the moment you describe to me what common law is, okay, I'm going to ask you real nice, so we're going to have maybe an hour and a half, two-hour show, you're going to describe to me what common law is, I'm going to sit there and dictate everything you say and put it in writing, and the moment I put it into writing, guess what? According to your rule, it's no longer common law. Now let me share my way of thinking. I took philosophy class when I was in college. And the very first day of class, the professor says that philosophy is a assertion and conclusion. You can argue with the assertion or you can argue with the conclusion. And I raised my hand. And he goes, what? And I said, well, I'm arguing that, that your definition of philosophy is what you just said it is. So I'm arguing, I'm staying within your rules, and I'm saying, you said assertion. You asserted that that's the definition of philosophy. I am disagreeing with that, frustrated the hell out of him. I'm in the same place right now. I don't, he's saying one thing, and I'm saying, well, wait a minute, if, it, if it's not in writing, then all I have to do is whatever you tell me common law is today, I'm going to write it down on paper, and it's no longer common law. So I can chase you around all day long, but every time you state common law, I'm going to write it down, it's no longer common law. It, this, it, that defies common sense. Mm-hmm. So we in in order in order to get and this is what I'm trying to get at is it took me a long time to realize 
and, and get into my brain that common law was written down so that every common man, every man could look at it and rely upon it. How can you rely upon somebody who changes their mind from minute to minute, second to second, and don't write it down because, oops, it doesn't exist anymore? That is insanity, in my opinion. That's insanity. So this, this concept that somebody has, that common law, is something that's not written down, makes absolutely no sense. What makes more sense is to see the statutes. And when I started reading statutes, when I started reading some of the things that, that, that made perfect sense that we can all agree on, that were voted in, okay, that's why I always say, show me the properly promulgated and enacted. There's a whole process that goes through the people. The people come together, they say, no, we don't like this, we can challenge that. And in fact, when anyone charges you under any law, any statute, you can challenge whether it's constitutional or not, or whether it's valid or not, whether it applies to you or not. You can do all of those challenges are available to you in the way this system is set up. The problem that we're having is that the people, the men that are in positions of power are the ones that are corrupting, so the system no longer works the way it was intended and set down to work. That's why uh, we're having problems. Otherwise, we could simply use the law. We could simply go and make assertions without having to study the law, and the judge would sit there and go, okay, I see here where you have it. Hale versus Hinkle. It says the courts must be watchful which means they can, in, they can look and see, and you can find old cases where the court has found something that you didn't even know was there, but that the courts say, yes, you have a claim because even though you didn't present it properly, we can see it's called substance over form. There's case law about that. But you don't need to have the form. The form doesn't have to be perfect. You need the substance. The problem is today the courts are not doing that. They're not being watchful for any stealthy encroachments upon you, right? They're not looking to give you equal protections under the law. They're, the whole thing has changed. And I, what I'm saying is a simple thing. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because Christ, the concept of Christ, the mother and child and everything has been around for thousands of years, does not mean that the whole Christ story is that you throw it out or the Christ principle, you should throw it out. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater is all I'm saying. Yeah. And I hear a man sitting there saying, well, this could nothing to do with it. Okay, great. If you don't want to participate in that, don't. And if you want to share with other people another way that's working, that's better, I'm asking for things that work. I have not seen a large number of people. It's like going to a single site, and you look at a single site, and they're charging you a boatload of money to, to do this and to do that and to talk to people, and you find out you're talking to a machine. And then you look over the left-hand column and you sit there and see how many success stories. You see the same success story over and over and over again. Well, wait a minute. You've got over 100,000 people on here and you've only got two success stories in the last 10 years? Again, it's about production. What kind of, what kind of evidence do you have that you're – whatever it is that you're doing? And, and I'm, I'm, I can assure you, anybody who's ever seen me do contracting, plastering, painting, anything, I have my own way of doing it. But guess what? My, I learned the way they do it first, and then I altered it so that it could be quicker, faster, and easier my own way. I took a tree down the other day. I took a tree down in about, it was, uh, what, six inches in diameter, eight inches in diameter, I mean, well, across, um, in, in basically 45 minutes because I use an electric chainsaw instead of a gas one for one thing, and when I take it down, I take it down in one and let the branches slowly take it down because I was bringing it between two buildings of two houses, and I'd be very careful. And then I use a machete because I can cut through a three-inch piece, uh, a three-inch, uh, uh, a three-and-four-inch 
even up to even four inch and five inch uh, thick um, branches. So I just go and I cut it up into into pieces. Boom, 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 boom. And then I take the chainsaw and I cut the the the, the trunk all the way up. That's my technique, okay? But that's an improvement. I can show you the production. I can show you that my process is faster, quicker, and easier than the other process that other people do where they cut it from the top and you need a crane and they charge you $1,500. So that's what I'm asking for. So if you've got a better system, I say this again and again and again, and I'll say it over and over and over again. If you got something better than what I got, please share it with me, but I want to see evidence that it works over and over and over again. I want to be able to rely upon it because I'm not going to share it with other people if I don't have certain reason to believe that it will work. I'm sharing what has worked for me, what is working for other people. It's long, it's slow, and it's arduous. But in the end, you prevail. I don't see that. I, I hear a lot of, of flack, but I don't hear any, hey, I went in under common law. I said I was a man. The judge bowed down to me and said, yes, you're a man, and you win the case. I don't hear that, and I don't see it, and I don't have a – and if you want to do an audio instead of – I'll tell you what. Don't put it in writing. Just put it in audio, and then it will be common law. But put it in audio, a, a little teaching seminar. I was like, walk into court, stand there and say, okay, I'm the man. Or file this document that says, I am man, and you serve me, and therefore I win. And, and show me documentation that it works, okay? But wait a minute, you can't put it in writing because it's not common law. Well, wait a minute, you're supposed to file a claim. How are you going to file a claim if you don't put it in writing? Well, wait a minute, but common law says you don't put it in writing. You see what I'm getting at? Thank but you, I when, when a person gives me a dead end to catch 22 and then has the audacity to, to try and basically poo-poo all over what I'm saying. And it, no, no, Colin, what you're saying makes total sense. And thank you so much. You've got... Such a wealth of information, and, and I, I put on this evening, friends, on the talk show, you know, uh, please appreciate the information that Colin's giving us, because, um, you know, like uh, Colin said, or like others have said, you know, you, you want to argue it, yeah, go ahead, but really, these are experiences that Colin's went through himself, um, he's not a young Tyra, I, I, I believe. I don't know his his age group sort of thing, so I'm getting kind of on, on the private here. So, you know, like, listen to his experiences. Um, take it to heart. Um, take it all in sort of thing. You, you really don't know. You just got to take a little bit in at a time and uh, take it to heart and and learn from it because I know I've learned lots from Carlin Colin for the the short period of time that I've I've listened to him I've talked to him on uh, the phone and um, you know had recordings going on the phone and I'm telling you he's a wealth of information so take it if you want to if you don't uh, you know that's your choice also. Now, for any friends, Colin does this full time. I've put up his um, his uh, email, uh, truthmonger uh, two at gmail dot com. If you it's do want six, to send six, six. Well, oh, okay. I'm sorry, Colin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I moved everything so everything can be consistent, so there's no confusion. Truthmonger six for. If you want to donate, that's fine. I don't. Okay. I don't really like asking for no. it because I no. feel that the spirit no. has me to do this. Uh, I'm going to do it one way or the other. People need help. They call me. That's great. I'm willing to help uh, as much as I can. Uh, I can't do it for you, and I can only share with you my experiences and what other people's experiences. I have probably 15 to 20 
people that I'm helping, and I get feedback from those people. So I've learned an awful lot. I'm very, very encouraged uh, with the cases coming out of um, California, and as I mentioned earlier, out of now New Hampshire, which was, uh, oh, my God, talk about trying to crack that rock. So in other words, I don't just come on and, and talk about this stuff. I'm doing stuff. Uh, all day and all night, and actually having an effect that the, the case in California, which now is at seven or eight or nine strong, and now has been utilized in New Hampshire, as I mentioned before, because we continuously insisted, because I started indicting a judge, because of the way that we're filing stuff, we had to learn the hard way to go after the judge immediately to put him in their place. Um, and and to basically bring claims against him. I learned from, uh, what's his name in Canada? Um, What's his name? The guy who wears the little black hat. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. I learned so much from him, and uh, the biggest thing I learned from him is how he won his case. He stopped using statutes and law to try and get it back, to try and get back his his girlfriend's kid because he wasn't succeeding there. And if I went back his case now, I could probably show you where he went wrong. Um, because we all make mistakes, and that's what I'm trying to share is that it's usually us who, have, who haven't done anything. Like I realized, uh, a lot of these cases, we never make a claim. We never, we never do, uh, we never file, as I said at, at the beginning, is that what the illumination I've had from uh, Julie was that she, when I said, I, I began to realize that we make our complaints or whatever you want to call it, or, or we file our our claims, whatever it is we do, but we never create a true bill and and uh, along with an affidavit attached to it. Um, and as a result, we haven't done the fundamental things, what you would probably call common law things, to predicate, well, those same things are tied over into, if you want to call it administrative law, whatever court you're going into uh, or you're, you're, you're bringing up or, or Coming, bringing forth, really what you're doing is you're bringing forth. It's like, you know, you've got uh, five cages of dragons. Which dragon are you going to bring forth, you know, if you think about it? It's the way that you do your writing. What are you calling forth? Because that has to do with jurisdiction. Now, I just read a recent article, and it talks about the history of equity law and uh, statutory law and how they have been blended together. So we still have the checker court. Um, and in equity law. But the problem is, and I mentioned this before, that the equity court is really, I think, what most people would consider common law. But the problem is is that uh, people don't specify which court they want to be in, and they, so they start mixing and matching. And the courts can do either one, but they can wear many hats. The same judge can be, make a determination in, common, in, 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 in um, uh, uh, equity law, which everything I see about equity law sounds an awful lot like common law, uh, what most people are describing as common law, what's fair, what's equitable, um, whereas uh, statutorial law is you're coming in, as we know, under a strict statute, code rules, regulations, and so on. So there is a delineation, there is a differentiation, but people tend to get them mixed up. They don't know how to separate them. And unfortunately, that is a lot of power to give a judge. And this is the problem, is the judges. Uh, have been given a lot of power. And unfortunately, they have been converted themselves to use it for the profit of the state against the people. This is the first thing we're dealing with. So until, and, and I really uh, hope that the people will begin to create their own courts um, or somebody is, you know, where, uh, you know, Carl or somebody else is going to say, how do you create your, how do you use the courthouse 
and bring your own court into session, okay? Until I uh, have either an audio or in writing a, a little booklet that tells me how to do that, I basically have no choice. It's kind of like I'd like to use real gold-backed money, but you know what? I wasn't around, uh, you know, when they stopped printing that, and I don't see any of it. Um, so I'm kind of forced to use Federal Reserve notes whether I like it or not, okay? Um, that's where we're at. That's the reality where we're at. Um, common law would be only uh, in a, that, that money would be only gold-backed stuff, okay? Well, there's no gold back. Only debts can be paid with, with gold-backed stuff. Well, it's not gold or silver. And, in fact, I've actually, it says under, under the article, it says that you may redeem it dollar for dollar. Well, guess what? I went to D.C. I went to the Treasury. They wouldn't let me in. I couldn't cash it. It's a, it's a bit, so we got a problem here. So we have the corruption. Um, so, I mean, I'm open. I, I, I'm looking. I'm asking. I'm looking. I'm still seeking. I'm always the student. I'm just sharing with people what I'm learning, what I'm discovering that may be useful. Please, please, Mike, Dave, George, Fred, anybody out there has common law and has success and can show me A, B, C, D, E, F, G, how to do it, what to do, rock and roll, teach me, and I'll teach other people. I would like to add, if I could, could could, could, uh, equity be equated with equality? Exactly. Because if you go into, uh, if you take a private matter into a public, if you will, or statutory courts, whatever you want to call them, and there's no remedy, you, it's frivolous. They can't rule in anybody's favor. Well, there's no relief to be granted, you know. I find that, you know, this guy, I guess his name is Mike, it's silent now. I'm, I'm, the floor is here. Teach away. Do it audio. Teach away. ABCs of how people are going to be able to do whatever it is that you do in this thing called in this this land you call common law. Bring us, teach us, share it with us from A to Z. But if I cannot get success, if I cannot get remedy, then it's I'm sorry, but it's not a value. So if you can teach it, the floor is yours. Plus, he's in Canada, so it's a different state of mind up there. Well, Colin, thank you so much. Um, it's 11.01, and I'm bushed. Um, and Roddy and Mike, everyone, thank you so much. Like, I mean, if you, you friends want to continue on, you, you go right ahead. But I'm bushed. Um, I was up at 4.30 this morning, so hey. Um, but anyway, hey, wonderful information. Colin, uh, just valuable information, and... Everyone, everyone, and you know we're all in the same boat, and we're all working on the same goal. And I, I just can't thank you so much. You're such an inspiration to to me, anyway, from my heart. And um, so much information, Colin. What a wonderful talk show last week. The the motivation that you 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 were. Uh, putting in force, you know, trying to motivate everyone to get the mind set. I love that. I love that. The mind set. Get the mindset uh, that's stuck in my mind, obviously. And uh, anyway, Colin, uh, I love that. And 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 I've actually tried to go over that talk show again this week. I'm trying to go over it again and listen to it again. 
And um, Colin, thank you very much for for all this information and the time. You're more than welcome. And if I may, before you go, I want to plant this in your brain too. Yes. Um, something that has come up again uh, with this, with another another. It's all kind of coming together. And I was actually I missed the show last night. Um, and 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 I must also put a um, a, a shout out to Shay. Shay has been behind the scenes, constantly bugging me, constantly texting me, constantly getting me to listen to other shows and other information, and and so forth. And um, also want to uh, thank um, Cheyenne for having um, you know uh, Julie on there and for the show that she's just starting off and doing a great job and 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 how wonderful that is. So I want to put a shout out there as well. And I, but I want to share this with you. This is important. I believe this is important information. It has come back up again that this whole thing is all about, and I, I've done shows on this, and, you know, I forget it, you know, because I'm so busy into the detail stuff, I forget the, the whole bigger picture. And it's being brought up again that this is all about accounting. So once we go back, and it all makes perfect sense, once again, it's an accounting, that this judge has an accounting. This goes to equity again. If we fail, to give a bill, if a true bill, then the judges, we, as I was saying before, we only make our complaints, however you want to put it. Hey, I was injured, I was hurt, he's trespassed. However you want to do it. Common law, I'm a man, I'm a woman, uh, you know, I'm out 50 bucks or 500 bucks, whatever it is. But we never create a true bill. So when they look at the file, if you think of that judge now, let's shift gears for a second. Let's look at the judge as an accountant. And that judge is looking at the account, and he's looking on your side a bunch of tears and crybaby stuff and a list of stuff but no true bill. And on this side, he's got one, you know, $100,225. And, um, and I, I mentioned this to Shay, that Shay has the release order on, the, on, on her mortgage. And I said, well, you need to attach that and put it into the as if you were going to the bank and you were depositing it. So they have a claim against her, alleged lien, even though it's fraud, but they have an alleged lien against her for $1.5 million. She has a release, which is worth $1.5 million, put it into the account as a credit. So you now have on the credit side, because what she did, she went into bankruptcy. So they don't have anything to look at that you have this on a credit side. So put that release, what they've done is they actually buried it and threw it away and got rid of, of that release form. But what she did is she never converted it into a credit and put it into the file. So what I'm suggesting we do, having this new information, which may make things very, very simple, okay? We may be arguing because, the, because we're not giving the court um, what they need to, to work with, which is as an accountant, Where's the check? Where's the cancel check? Where's the, the money order? Where is the bill? We never give bills. We never create these bills, which we need an affidavit attached to, which is never rebutted. That becomes truth. I've said it a thousand times. Having no evidence to the contrary, it is true. It is fact. Okay? It is so. But we never file it in the manner that it needs to be filed, which is, hey, a piece of accounting. Here's the bill. It's not been paid. That's to my credit. Here's this claim that it's not been rebutted, uh, therefore it's a credit. There is, this is this piece of paper that I signed, uh, which they have used as a credit instrument. That goes to my credit side. So when the judge uses equity, he's going to say, well, wow, 
we've got this credit instrument over here, we've got this credit instrument over here, and we've got this credit instrument over here, and we have the security over here. On this place, what do you have? You can't show that you gave any money. You can't show you loaned anything. You can't show that you've been injured. So yeah, now exactly. we've given exactly. the, the judge the tools in which to adjudicate and balance the sheet. Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Like if somebody took your child, they let's can't. say your child or your grandchild, create a bill and then mm-hmm. file that in as, a, as an amount. So now you have a claim in an amount. Wow. You see how powerful this is? Now yeah. they got to adjudicate. Yeah. You, never, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Everything, everything is in a bill. Is a bill, and we're never, we're never putting our bills in. Everything, everything, everything is in. Is that you're the waiter? You're the waiter. You're the waitress. Is that correct? And you serve somebody a meal, and you're complaining because they haven't paid for it, and they're sitting there looking at you, going, "Well, you never gave me a bill." So, am I correct in 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 getting hyper and, and making this statement? Everything is in a bill. Yep. That's what I'm looking at. Everything is in bill form because that's the only thing they can see is written and everything has to do with accounting. And they have to balance the sheet. Wow. And we never put a bill in. (laughs) And that goes back to common law if you want to look at quote-unquote what I I presume common law is. Never give a bill to to the person who we want to to make payment on. Right quick. What's the difference in a bill and a charge? Well, a charge has to go an account go against an account. If there is no account, then you don't want to make a charge. You want to make a claim. So that and thing that you did with that California to a bill. So that thing you did with that what do you call them a test dummy in California or Hawaii? That was true because there was no account. So it's presumed there's already an account. Exactly. When I said when when they. When they charge you, and this this goes now we're now we're back into the administrative stuff again. Okay, so what, let's let's shift. If we're gonna shift gears, let's be sure we shift entirely. I'm gonna answer your question. If you are in the administrative, which the administration makes a charge against you, they're making a bill, but they're creating a bill under the form of a charge, like a charge card. They're assuming that there is an account. Well, guess what? You don't know there's an account, but there is. That's what everyone's missing is that they're they're not doing anything wrong except they're presuming that they have the ability to charge your account. But the problem is that they're unable to show the account that they're charging exists. That's why I'll say who has firsthand knowledge that an account exists. So what they're doing, and the second question, remember second question is, remember I'm diffusing everything they're doing. Who has firsthand knowledge that I am either the surety or the um, – fiduciary of that entity that makes me liable and responsible to see that payment is made. You see how powerful this is now. Okay. And then when you say, okay, fine, then you concede. You say, fine, I would be more than happy to settle it. Give me a check from the account that I am authorized to make payment from. They now have to provide you, here we go with that second part, Failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. You're now saying, okay, fine. I owe you $500 for whatever it is because I'm the fiduciary or I'm the surety. Where is the account? Provide me checks from the account that I am authorized Mm -hmm. to settle this matter from. 
Now, that's a totally different subject than what I was talking about a minute ago to Sonia before she goes. We need to submit our claim in the form of a bill. So, Colin, what you're saying, my friend, is is, is what we all are, is we're all basically an account. Bingo. But not well, not necessarily. No, that's in statutory as account. Yes, yeah. You don't it, have, it, when you walk statutory. into a when, when you walk into a restaurant, you don't have to have an account with that restaurant to get served. You can still get served, and they will give you a bill, and you're uh, expected to pay it as a man or a woman. But exactly. as, as far as you know, some things within the government, or 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 whatever within the government. Um, within the government, we are basically just just considered an account. An, an account. We're, right. we're numbers. We're numbers. And uh, we're we're uh, bingo. You know, birth I, I'm trying to I'm trying to address your situation, <laughs> and and yeah. many of our situations going back to the restaurant thing. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're the right. You're the waitress. You have served somebody some food, and if they don't pay it, if anyone has ever been a waiter or waitress like I have, again, I have first-hand knowledge and experience. One of my first jobs when I was 13 years old was being a waiter. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, a little quick side note there, I was the last one to do the curb service, if anyone knows what that is. I'll give you an idea of how, how long ago we're talking about. No, I, I'm not as old as you, Colin. <laughs> I'm 29 years and getting younger every day. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. Oh, and you're perfect in every way. I, I can't do, I, do. <laughs> I get better looking each day. Anyway, so that's my little fun trip. But look, what I'm getting at is this. What she revealed to me, it's not me. I'm just sharing with you. None of the, you know, other than my experiences, I'm sharing with you what I think has merit and has value that I've learned from other people. And, and oh. it was really, it was really putting its head up. You're the waitress. You have served somebody, and they haven't paid the bill. And if they if they don't pay the bill, you have to pay it. So part of the problem is is that you know the manager is saying, well, did you ever give them a bill to pay? No. And I believe I believe that this is perhaps the beginning of our own demise that we are not giving a bill to them, so that there is something for the court to look at to balance the sheet. Hey, he gave you a bill. You didn't make payment. Because I I taught this before, that when you do this right, and this had to do with everything out of court, you send them a bill, they they refuse to pay, you send them a notice that they have failed to pay, now they're in default. When you go to court, it's going to be the same thing with with Attila. When you go to court, they're going to say, oh, statute of limitations is over. And you know what I'm going to say? Hey, that's a really good claim. You're probably right. But guess what? You had 20 days in which to raise that issue, and you failed to do it, so you waived it. Right, yeah. It's the same thing. You had an opportunity Mm -hmm. to make payment, and you Mm -hmm. failed to do it. It's a result of your failure that puts you in default, and now when I go to court, it doesn't matter what the bill was for anymore. This is the beauty about it. It doesn't matter whether it was because you kicked me in the shins or because you hit my car or whatever it is. That no longer is a matter for the court unless they can open it back up again. The reason is because you've given them all of the opportunities to challenge, and they failed to do it. Now they're in default, and they, now the only thing the court can say is, do they owe you or do you not? 
if you never gave them a bill and you never gave them notice of default, like you're supposed to three times, then the court's obviously not going to see in your favor. They say, well, you never noticed them, you never gave them a bill. There's a bell going off. Does this make sense to you? I, know, I, I can oh, hear yeah. it this way. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally, totally. So yeah. you, you keeping my child, um, or in your case, you know, might be you know my grandchild because you have interest. You know mm-hmm. that you've been deprived of of whatever you consider to be, uh, you know, that interaction with your grandchild, which you can get an affidavit. You can prove your case. The affidavit from your daughter would be that you know, yeah, my daughter would want me to be part of. Of this of my child's life, and we would da 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 da, and and I yeah. and what make me whole or, or compensate me would be you know a thousand dollars or ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollars per day that you have had uh, uh, control and possession or kept me from my and this is why I go to statute because this wonderful description you don't have to use it you don't have to use it you don't have to be subject to it to use it look if I say oh Lord it's hard to be humble. When you're perfect in every way, well, you can make your own song, but if that song hits the spot perfectly, why would you not quote unquote plagiarize it? So what I what I'm saying when I use statute and law, I'm not I'm not sitting there saying, oh, I'm coming subject to it. I'm just simply going, somebody said it better than me. Somebody said it in such yeah. a succinct, clear, distinct way, and it makes perfect sense, and that it is in alignment with my beliefs. And so I'm going to use it because it is in alignment with my beliefs and says it clearly. So it's the same thing, that you have deprived me of a right. You have a right to enjoy your family. You have a right to enjoy your children and your grandchildren. You have a right to have those things. Nobody has a right to take it away from you. And in this case, it's not your neighbor who has done this to you. It's not, it's not uh, like the, the father who is depriving the mother because of this and that and the other thing, and that, that gets into messy stuff. This is a case where you have... A, a a a public uh, what do you call it a, 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 a municipality a municipality an agency or municipality that was created by the people or allowed to become into existence by the people for the protection of children and family and what they've actually done is violated um, everybody's rights to peacefully enjoy and to their right to to have their family and not have them taken away now put all that together. What are, your, what are your injuries? What are your damages? What have you been deprived of? And what would make you whole? And give them a bill. Because remember I said before, they violated that contract. They breached the contract and they failed to return it. They got the child into contract and then they breached the contract. When they breached that contract, they not only breached the contract, but they now have caused an injury. Can you talk? So make a bill send them a bill. When they don't make payment, they now are in default. So you send them three notices of default that you haven't made payment, you haven't made payment. And now I when you... It, I, I love it, Colin, because, you know, um, even though to my friends that, you know, we we started learning from Colin and the common law and, and call in you know, it's amazing how your your names are so similar. Um, you know, how, how this comes into to contrast so much together. Like, you're saying exactly the same thing, Colin, as, 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 um... And Sonia, let me uh, put, uh, say something. It's okay? Sure. Of course. Based on of course. my experience... Oh, go ahead, sweetheart. Okay. Based, 
and this is Shay, based on hi, the experience. Shay. Hi, dear. Oh, based shit. on the experience that I had today, I had my own court case, court claim court, and I find that, okay, we have to have a group for writing notices claim, uh, on the common law. We have to have a, a group to, for example, have a scenario that how to talk to judge, how to, what the, whatever judge say, how to rebut it right away. For example, the defendant that, or the wrongdoer that I asked them to be there, they were on the phone. I didn't know that. It is, uh, they were not present as a, in person, but they were on the phone talking to me, and they tried to act as a lawyer, not as a man and woman, uh-huh. and uh, I, I didn't know if I should accept that or I should deny it. We don't have enough scenario. No, For example, no, if somebody no. be in charge and say that, or, or all of us as a group, we say that if you want to write notice, listen to this call show or this is to this common law and write your notice. If you want to go to judge and uh, in court, uh, talking to the judge, listen to this uh, episode or listen to these uh, videos. Or, uh, mm-hmm. or when you want yeah. to do accounting, Accounting, do it this way, and yeah. then the judge told us, told me that okay, I have your case here, but I don't see something to rule out. I don't have anything to rule out. Even I had my, uh, I said that's what you're talking about. We, I have a claim as a trespasser, and I want my property back. They trespass upon my property. And they are wrong do it, and I want it back, and I want to do it uh, go front of jury to solve the problem. And she said that I don't have anything from a format from uh, from yeah. yeah. And she told the other ju- uh, group or uh, wrong do it that I don't have any anything from you. And for this reason, we have to have a group or uh, somebody help us that okay, if you want to file your claim court, this you need in your claim court. You have to have a deposition, you have to have a notices, you have to do this. Or for example, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know. I'm out of court and I don't know what means format. What she means. What she asked for. What I'm missing. And for this reason, I love common law. I love to follow. It's so easy for me. It makes sense. I'm comfortable to talk about it, to write about it, and go in front of the judge and be myself. But still so many things missing. And nobody oh, yeah. comes oh, and yeah. helps us. Instead, oh, yeah. they say that only you focusing on the board. You say this was wrong. They're, 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 they're sweetheart, there is so much missing. And the reason there is so much missing is because we've been lied to. We have been lied to. Right? Um, now, many people don't believe in the Bible, and I'm not going to get uh, really strict into the Bible, but I'm telling you, okay, Satan is the ruler of this system. Satan is the ruler of this world. He's the liar. He's He's the... Um, I'm telling you, he's the bastard 
of this system, okay? Satan is the ruler of this world, okay? He has control of this system because God has allowed him to, to do this because God wants to know, do we really want to to be with God? Do we really want to please God, blah, blah, blah? Okay, I'm not going to get into all that religious stuff. But anyway, the, the what, what's happening here in the meantime is... Uh, if we really want to learn what's right from wrong, okay, we, we've really got to sit down and, and sit with the books and uh, go down into the nitty-gritty garbage, which really doesn't do us any good. Um, you know, we're really off, better off learning from from the Bible and stuff like that. But anyway, if you really want to learn what's going on down into the nitty-gritty as far as um, you know, studying. I got on to a role there, sweetheart, and I can't even remember what the hell you were talking about. But let me, um, if I if I can interject again. Yeah, yeah. What I'm sharing tonight, what I'm sharing tonight, I believe is so important because it could cut out a tremendous, tremendous amount of necessity of studying all the stuff that I'm sharing and putting out. Because if we do it right, what I'm recognizing is this. When I, when I listen to my mentor, the one that I have made my mentor, I call him my mentor for a reason, I try to mimic his mindset. That's what I was talking about before. And it didn't work for me completely because I wasn't able to do it. What does work for me is when I realize that we have a corrupt system and that we're going in there to get evidence. And that's good and that works. But there's something else that popped up today, which is that, Maybe we are defeating ourselves because we are refusing to do or learn that which needs to be done from the very beginning. And it may be just as simple as making sure that we give something for the court to make an adjudication on it. We give them a bill. Now, I may be wrong, but let's try it out. I love it. Love it. It may be that simple because the moment you give something to the court to make an adjudication on they can make an adjudication, and you won't have to go through all this craziness of, of appeal and appeal and going on and filing motions and all that stuff. You don't even need to learn strategy because it may be that I'm having to use and learn all the strategy to win my case. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And because I never put in a claim, because I never put something on my side of the jacket, because I don't have a balance sheet that says, Colin, it's $5,000 in the plus. And his claim is, is, is you know, $35,000. Their claim is 30000 So that's a simple one. Pay Colin $5,000. This is so simple. But we never do that. So here the judge is. Uh, not, and, and what confirmed it to me was when Shay described to me, the judge says, I don't have anything to adjudicate here. Well, what's he saying? You haven't given me that which I need to do my job, which again goes back that, yes, we need to learn at the minimum what their job is, so that we can then do what our job is to allow them to do their job. What is it that one in that movie? Help me help you. Help me to help you. And then I'll show you the money. It's kind of like it could be just that simple. I think it is. It can't hurt to give them a bill. I I bet you it is. Who's this speaking? This is Colin again. What? Is it Colin? Yeah, this is Colin. Okay, I'll bet you. 
Oh, sore sweetheart. Um, I'll bet you that uh yeah, that that sounds so familiar. I'll bet you that's what And then you don't then you don't have to go through learning how the, the you know, all the stuff I I have gone through tonight about discovery and all those things mm-hmm. which is which is only a reasonable process if the other side challenges you. And, and and that's how you can make your case and box them in and so on if you need to do it. But if we're missing our foundational doctrine, we're missing our foundational claim, and they're just dragging it out knowing that we have, we don't have that one element that we need. We don't have the rise that's in our, in our cake, so we keep wondering why we get a floppy cake. Because no one ever told us, well, hey, dummy, you need yeast, you need rise. Oh, your yeast is old. Well, what was it? Somebody did this. It's a funny story because, again, real story. I love baking. And, and my stuff wasn't coming out. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I said, well, how, let me see your, what you're using. And I gave it to him. And said, oh, this is outdated. I was like, you, what, it can't be? No. Something, you know, baking soda, you can have, it will still clean around the house, but it's not going to do what you want. When it gets too old, baking powder is what you absolutely need. It's not tiny. Another example, I didn't know that when you're making croissants, for instance, I did not know that you needed to put the dough in the refrigerator. I thought that was silly. You need to put it in the refrigerator, and you need to preheat the oven. And, oh, my God, the first time I did it was incredible. So simple, a simple little ingredient. And when when Sherry said to me, I was texting her back and forth, and when I, I went through my whole little dissertation, that you know, because she was questioning whether I was, um, you know, not interested in common law, she said some of the hardest people to educate are those that are already believe they're educated. And I tried to explain to her that all the people she's dealt with before are people that studied statute law first and then went to common law, and it's difficult for them to get their head wrapped around. Whereas I came from the concept of common law; it's in my spirit. It's in my. It is what I'm about. The concept of I am man, I get it, I've been there. But I, out of frustration of not getting of all of the process, I ended up going to statute law. So when I shared with her that what I realized, is she goes, oh, did you finally figure out that that was the, the, the missing piece? The fact that she said that was confirmation that maybe that was the one missing piece. And then hearing Shay today talk about the judge that said, I don't have anything before me, just the bell started going off. So that's why I'm sharing it tonight. It may not work, but it sure as hell can't hurt. Hey, Colin, could, would you uh, be in the mood to continue this? Uh, this call's about the end. Uh, would you be in the mood to continue this, uh, this roll? Yeah, tell us more about that baking stuff. I love that stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I'm only yeah. serious, dude. You're cool, Colin. You're awesome. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> yeah. I want the best. I want the best for everybody. I want the quickest, fastest, easiest way to get from point A to point B, and I want I want to get my life back too, guys. I mean, please recognize that I've given up over $3 million worth of my own property, and if I made three – if I started from living in the basement, sleeping on a mattress in the floor, and within five years had two and a half million dollars worth of property, I put together my own style, my own without stealing anything from anyone. How much more could I have done in the last ten years? You know, I was this close to starting to manufacture my invention, which would help people, the environment, and everything. That's always been what I have. I've got energy designs. I've got flying machines that you wouldn't believe. I mean, space travel stuff. I've got. 
uh, uh, right now, I, I, I'm doing the garden thing. I can't wait to see how my garden goes out this year because last year was an experiment, a completely virtually maintenance-free garden. All you got to do is plant it. Um, and I'm implementing this thing that I learned, uh, you know, uh, uh, from Anastasia thing, which is really cool. I, I can't wait for that. Um, so there's a lot of things that I really, my heart's desire, I want to do. So I want to get this over with. I want to get, uh, I want to find that the re- resolution, the solution as fast as possible. I want to make it easy for people because I don't want to have to study. I don't want anyone else to have to study more than what they need to or learn more. Um, so You're on fire with that, Colin. Huh? You're on fire. Good, good, good role you got going. Sonia actually went to sleep. Uh, I don't know if you would continue your call if you got some more strategies to uh, share. Been, could you start you know, your call? Yeah. At, right. this, at this point, you know, what I shared tonight I think is critical information and I think, you know, I really think that we need to practice, uh, you know, try this, put this I- into effect and see what the effect is, see if it does make a difference or not. And and that's really, you know, where I'm at right now. I'm going to be doing it. Um, and I learned a lot from this other guy like I was, that I was mentioning tonight. I don't know if I'm I'm going to study his stuff, too, just because, um, you know, more knowledge doesn't hurt. And and if this really, this, 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 um, what do you call it, this influx or this, this, um, the words that they use, it's evidence on its face that we can now bring charges against them. You know, I did the 10 questions, so I'm not worried about that. I can, but I need to learn how to bring the charges against them. That's what I want to learn from him. And if being a, if you can by signing the way he does and using a stamp makes a delivery and 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 yes he admits it's all admiralty law. Um, if that if I can learn that to do it quickly and come in there with admiralty law, uh, which I'm I'm not scared of it. I don't I don't care what the law is. All I care is that it's equally applied. And if they're willing to equally apply admiralty law, then I'll learn it and I'll apply it because I know that they're engaged in criminal acts. Admiralty law. Uh, I'll give you one quick example. One quick example, which he confirmed today, and he doesn't even know this, which is fascinating. Years ago, when I was doing um, a bit of common law, and also they were doing, um, what they call it? Um, uh, we are creditors, creditors in commerce. And I was studying that stuff, and um, I had a little bit of problems with it because I said, you know, I'm a man. I'm not in, in commerce. I'm not engaged in commerce. Why would I want to do commercial things if I'm not doing commerce? I'm trying to get away from that. But I still listened and studied to it. Look, during my studies, I found this 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 nugget, and this incredible nugget was called. It's called. Look it up. It's called the law. The 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 international law of the flag. The international law of the flag. And I have no idea how I found it. Spirit led me to it, and I did a uh, I did a show on it. In fact, I did two or three shows on it. And what it was about. What I concluded was that we needed to create our own flag. And I started working on my own flag, and with my own flag comes the law, because the flag indicates the law that you that you abide by. So I started writing my own laws, and I was coming up with my own flag and putting it all together. Well, that particular night when I was, I think, the second or third thing we were talking about, coming up with ideas and brainstorming with the, the law, what my laws are, and my laws were basically, you know, love, kindness, um, you know, as I say, kindness is the only true currency, which I believe is true. So I was actually putting that in writing. 
and establishing that as a law and then creating my flag that represented that. And I had somebody on the show that said, I don't have time to do that. I have court tomorrow. Because the idea was, and this was my idea, that under the law of the, inter- the, the international law of the flag, and, and I'm, I'm going to give it to you if I can remember. It's been a long time. Um, when a ship comes into port, he flies that ship. Okay, the ship. Okay, let me back up because you've got to say it right. The ship owner sends his ship abroad with a ship master. The ship master flies the flag of the ship owner. When he comes into port and flies that flag, anyone who wishes to do business with a ship master does so under the law of the flag that is being flown. If he wishes not to do business under those laws of that flag, then he shall do no business at all. And I went, boom, when I read that. I said, holy crap. We are ships. Okay, this this is taking it to their thing. We're ships. We're coming. And now now this is what's interesting about what this other guy talks about, that you're coming onto their ship, which is he's calling the the courthouse a ship that is uh, uh, at dock, um, uh, at dry dock is what he's saying. The difference is this that I know because I've been on a ship and I understand the concepts of ambassadors and so on and doing business and you go on to foreign ships. What I'm going to, I'm kind of having this concept that I was invited. Now I'm taking the order of the court, you know, the clerk says you were here by order. I'm taking as an invitation. Yeah, I was invited on the ship. So I am an ambassador. I am a guest on here. You asked me my presence to be here. So, we, I am here at your request, not your order, but your request, in order so that we may conduct business. And what I realize is that when we go in there, we have not declared our law, either in writing, because at that time I didn't know how to write. Okay, I couldn't write to save my ass. A motion or anything, didn't even know what a motion was. So I thought to myself, wait a minute, what if I create my law, I create my flag, and I fly that flag, me, a vessel. I fly that I flag fly. on the vessel so that wherever I go, I am declaring anyone who wishes to do business with me does so under my flag. So everybody, you know, they were stunned. Everybody, everyone was quiet. We actually didn't have any contradiction or craziness or disruption or anything like that. Everyone just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some thought it was crazy, but most people were jumping on board and we were coming up with great ideas and different laws and different flags and designs, and it was kind of fun, you know? And But this guy, I'm telling the story for a reason. This guy, this man, he said, I, I don't have time to do that. Well, he comes on the show the next time, which was like three days or four days later. They had a show each week, but I did next one. He comes on the show, and he tells the following story. He says, I loved what you're saying. It made perfect sense to me, but I didn't have time to create my own flag, design my own flag, and design my own law. He said, but I agree with the Constitution, and I agree with the unanimous Declaration of Independence, and I don't have a problem with those laws. So I needed something. So what he did, he went to Kmart, and he bought a package of, of, of three flags, and they, had, they didn't have any gold fringe around them, but they did have a gold tip on it, and they, we had talked about that. He says, I ripped off the gold tip, 
and I got one which had a stand, you know, had a little plastic stand. He said, I went into court, and I put the plastic uh, stand, and I put that flag, that American flag, the red, white, and blue, and I said, I, I put it on the, on the table, and the judge got up and left the courtroom. And the case was dismissed. And that was his story. I never met the man again, never heard from him again. And I basically, that's probably the first time I've told the story in, in, you know, five years. But clearly there was, you know, that's only one test. There's only one person. So it's not confirmed. And I'm, I'm just sharing it as, as one story. You know, you could do the same thing tomorrow and the, and the judge would say, what the hell is that? And you could, you know, he could grab you as an international terrorist. I don't know what would happen today. I am only sharing what one man did. But it makes perfect sense to me that for me, I would do the same thing today. And I'm thinking that I'm going to put some kind of a holster on my shoulder or my pocket and figure out where I'm going to put my American flag so that I can be flying. The self-governing flag. flag. Huh? It'd be a self-governing flag or something like that. Well, that will come. Yeah, that's a, yes, exactly. That's, yeah. that's where I want to get to. There you go. Uh, that's where I want to get to, yeah. but I have to go through the process of writing all of the laws of my flag and so on and so forth, and then I'm going to have to create my own flag. But absolutely, that's exactly what I'm saying, so that when you walk in there, from the moment you walk onto that ship, if you want to call the ship and you go through the search, you can actually say, no, I'm invited, and then you show them the request yeah. and the I'm not here to be searched. I was invited. And it speaks for you. You don't have to say anything. You don't because have to that's say all you will have on the second you put that flag up there and then that exactly. spoke volumes. Exactly, because what does the international law say? If we're in an international law court, right, one way or the other, and, you know, he's flying that flag, he's flying the American flag, whatever his has a gold eagle or a gold fringe or whatever it is around it, right? And I know a lot of people say that the flag thing is a bunch of bullshit, but I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about the international law of the flag, which is that the shipmaster flies a flag, and that anyone wishing to do business with the shipmaster does so under the law of that flag. So what you're doing by you, it doesn't matter what flag they fly, perhaps. But when you fly your flag, okay, you're hmm. stating to them, if you want to do business with me, you do so under this flag. But again, that does not negate what I said a few minutes ago, that we still need to, you know, we still need to make our claims we still need to make our bills. We still need to serve the people up and, and, and to you know to try and negotiate something. And if they have a cl- claim against us, you know what laws what laws are you establishing? What laws are you are you making your claim under? We still need to. I think those those things are still viable. Uh, we're just stating that hey, you're you're gonna you're gonna do business with me under the laws of this flag. And the fact that this guy came in and put the American flag on a stand and put it on the table where he was at, um, like I said, I personally would um, put it on my per- on my body so that it, I'm flying it all the time, and then maybe have another one where I claim that table, I set it on that table. I don't know. I don't. I again, I do not know. I'm only sharing a story. I got a and, question. Yeah. If a judge, if a judge does walk out, isn't the clerk? of the court authorized to dismiss it for you? Isn't the clerk authorized to do what? Doesn't the clerk have ultimate authority to dismiss a case for you if well, the judge walks out? There, what I would see, I, 
technically speaking, the clerk um, runs everything anyway. The judge is just an actor. He's just doing his job. In fact, as this gentleman was saying on one of his things, he's saying, in fact, the judge is sitting there with a computer screen and the clerk is typing in, telling that judge what to do. Okay? Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a possibility. What I do know is that the clerk is the one that selects the judge. That's the one that filters your paperwork and puts it there. It's the one that gives it the case number. It's the one that says, no, we're not letting you file it. It's the one that can lose files, make files, and so on, is obligated and responsible for the files and so on. So the clerk clearly is running the courthouse and clearly sets up the courtroom, sets the, the, the hearing date and who's going to be there, sends out the subpoenas. All of this stuff is done through the clerk. So I would say, yeah, the clerk is pretty pretty powerful. Now, when the judge leaves, my estimation is that um, that the judge has a, some people would say he's abandoned ship. Some people say he's abandoned the throne. Some people say he's abandoned the bench. Some people say he's abandoned the office. Well, what it also means is that he had to leave because he's not authorized to do business with somebody flying another flag. So that means now if you are the superior, if you are a man, and a man is always more superior than, than, than any officer or any agent, that when, if you have established properly, then you become the commander. You are the captain. You have taken over. You are the supreme. And therefore, you now can dictate what's going on, particularly if he leaves. If he leaves the bench, you say, well, he's left the bench, and that leaves me. So now I'm, telling, I'm now saying this case is hereby dismissed, and then you go talk to the clerk and say, make it so. I have never done that because it's never happened to me. Um, but if it was me, that's what I would do is I would very calmly, correctly put on the record and say, well, let the record reflect that, that the judge has abandoned the, the, the courtroom and therefore I am the next superior person or I am the superior person here and uh, with authority and this case is hereby dismissed uh, for whatever reasons, that, you know, like you would do anything. And you would take your order and you'd bring it over to the clerk and get the clerk to sign your order. That's, in fact, it was really funny. One day I came in and I was filing some documents and I don't know if the clerk thought it was somebody else. She says, it's bizarre. But listen to the story real fast. She says, she says, do you have an order you want the judge to sign? And I was so stupid. I should have said, yes, here you go. But I was unprepared. I didn't have an order prepared for him to sign. Had I had an order to sign and been fast on my feet, I would have said, yes, please have him sign this. And I almost have the belief, I had like a vision, and I truly believe that she would have taken the order, walked it back to the judge, the judge would have signed it, and that would have been the end of the case. Instead, of course, being an idiot, because I love to argue and fight, you know, at the time, I go, oh, no, I just want to file this. Would you file this for me? Which basically was saying, I want to continue this fight. So that's another thing. If we don't give a bill which is easy for them to establish, how many of us put in an order right away? How many of us go into court and say, I have an order for you to sign, period? No argument, no claim, no who am I, no nothing. I don't, nothing. They call the case, I, and you're simply the first thing you say, I have an order for you to sign. I've, I've never done it. I'm, I mean, it's a script that I want to write out first and analyze it. But I see the reason why we can't do that. Walk in and go, yes, I'm here for that matter, and I have an order for you to sign. Here you go. 
Because them about the end. Isn't that what you would tell them to do? Yeah, hey, Colin. Yeah, the call is about the end. I just want to say thank you for your insight tonight. It's been real good. You're welcome. Thank you for appreciating it. It, it helps. Keeps me going. So this is pretty awesome. I mean, hopefully this makes sense. I mean, it's just a concept. Let's try it. Go in there and say, I'm here for that matter, so you're not admitting to the name. And you say, I have an order for you to sign. See what he does. In fact, I can tell you this. I told the story about Steve where he um, he had some old ladies where a cat was killed, and he he picked up, he, he was furious about it. He said, well, uh, I'm not doing anything else. So he took up the banner, and um, and he started bringing charges, and he went in there, and the clerk was trying to charge him $440 to file the thing. He said, oh, bullshit on that. So he goes into a courtroom where a court that he, a judge that he knew, um, somewhat, not personally, but, you know, he had some dealings with. And um, when the judge had a moment in between cases, he says, I have something, he, you know, I have something for you. He handed the bailiff. The judge looked at it quickly, saw that everything was in order the way it's supposed to be, and he says, okay, fine, here you go. Take it to the clerk's office. The clerk's office, he goes there, he comes back, and, he, and the judge says, do you have an order for me to sign? And he goes, no, but I can go get, I'll go write one up real quick. He says, okay, fine, go do that. And so that's what he did. He went and wrote up an order real quick, uh, and he learned from that next time, come with an order in hand. And he came back, uh, in, you know, 15, 20 minutes later and waited for a break. And he said, uh, yes, I have something, I have this for you to sign. The judge looked at it, looked in order. He says, everything looks in order, and he signed it. And he said, give that to the clerk, uh, give that to the clerk. And he took, give it to the clerk, and the orders was made. Just like that. So there's a true story. So it's, you know, you know this, and this is a guy that only deals in statutes and codes and laws and whatnot. But he's won every case um, uh, that he's ever done. He's got them to settle out of court. Now, this case, um, he wasn't looking for any settlement. He actually was looking to get a uh, injunction against the homeowners association and all of the players, all of the the men and women that were on that that uh, that allowed and ordered, basically caused the um, maintenance people to come in, break in, essentially, to the using their key to get into the foyer area where the kitty cat was at and, and, and destroy and steal the cat. And then later on, they put traps, and he got a, an injunction against them, which he got the judge to sign an injunction uh, to prevent them from putting traps out in the area and, and some other things as well. And two people were arrested, and fines were were. Uh, made and they weren't challenged or anything because they knew they had done it and so fines were made so compensation was given to the people of the older people that were in that thing i was like i don't know five or ten thousand dollars he didn't go overboard he didn't say millions of dollars it was ten five or ten thousand dollars and for this and that and the other thing and he got it all done he got it he got the people arrested he got an injunction against the homeowner association and he got money damages monetary damages from the homeowner association for the for the people of that particular group that lost this kitty cat so and you know he he all he does is you know he, he files the stuff he does it properly and you know it went straight to the judge and get the order signed and i've heard this before where the judge says would you have an order for me to sign the person says no and uh but i'll go out and write one and they sat down and hand wrote an order in the hallway passed to the judge and all the elements were there um on the order the judge signed it i've heard that story before from other people so, you know, I, I, I pay attention. 
I pay attention to what works, and I pay attention to mistakes that are made. And I also, like it's like I said, there's all too many times I don't put orders in with my stuff. I, I come from, you know, my position is that, you know, they're the ones who are supposed to make the damn order for me. That's my position. I want to, but that's me. That's Colin. That's not you. I'm sharing this other stuff that may work good for you. Hey, I go in there with a flag, and I have an order for the judge to sign, and the judge doesn't sign it, then I hand it to the clerk to sign. And maybe the clerk is the one that should sign it. i give you an example on the clerk. Right now, uh, my friend Anthony, there is an order by the court that was supposed to have been signed by the court. And when we looked it up under statute, guess who's supposed to sign that order for non-prosecution? It's gone over a year, and the foreclosing party uh, went bankrupt, and there hasn't been any substitute trustees or anything like that or substitute attorneys for over a year, which means they haven't been prosecuting it. So the court itself on its own initiative, apparently they have a clock. And they, they put in the order that if there is not any show cause as to why it should not be dismissed without prejudice, but still it's going to be dismissed, the foreclosure was going to be dismissed. Um, and when we looked it up, you know who's supposed to sign it? The clerk. And we foolishly went and filed a motion to the court to have the judge sign the, the motion, the order. And that we haven't heard anything back. Now that we got it right, we're going to go down to the, the clerk and say, please sign this order. That's simple. So, yeah, there are certain times uh, when the only one necessary to sign an order is the clerk. Right quick, what are the elements of an order? That is, is the person placed thing and the bill? What would be the quick elements of, of an order? The, the, make sure it's an order. Um, for usually you have the case captioned, and it's going to say this court, uh, blah 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 for the reasons set forth herein. Uh, it'll it'll give the reasons. It'll be, give a real brief uh, uh, synopsis of what the case was about or why the order is being given. And then you say it is hereby ordered. And then you do, you state the order on such and such a date. And then and you'll look and see that make sure the signature is on the right hand side. The the place for them to sign is on the right hand side. So 